Welcome back to 1010's Podcast. My name is Michael with Adam and Robbie. We're in the Kanga Motorsports studio this week again. And Adam, you have a nice shirt on today. I do. Uh, it's a very nice shirt. James sent us Kanga shirts. Well, he did. Make sure I'm on the mic here. Uh, and because James is an understanding human being, he got me my own hefty tea, Robbie. <sighs> he did send Robbie and I. BPT, whatever. Yeah, you got a BPT. BPT. That's what it is. We had nice. We had some nice fitted. It was very soft. So comfortable right now. Nice material. Like a blend. My armpits can breathe. There's space here. The sleeves go down to my elbow where they belong. It's fantastic. How scratchy is your skin right now? No, I'm so comfortable, Robbie. Touching them. I'm so comfortable. Touching them. Does it feel like burlap? Kind of, yeah. This is a manly man shirt, Robbie. It's it's like a flag. It's like wearing flannel. Wavy. Flannel's supposed to be itchy. It makes you a manly man. I guess, but. I like my comfy shirts. This is a perfectly comfortable shirt, Robbie. It's a good-looking logo. It's a fantastic logo. I don't know what shirts he's actually going to have because his store's not open yet. We got, like, prototype shirts. <laughs> I don't know if you, knew, you guys knew that, but we I'm, got prototype shirts. I just shirts. Yeah. Yeah. had some shirts made. I didn't realize he was going to make a store and all that. Yeah, stuff. so he's yep. going to be... He's so legit. He is. He's got sponsors, and he's the whole... He's the, he's the deal. James is definitely the deal. He's going our, Gen 3 this year. One of like our fans, about. who I said I can't remember his name, spotted him in a video. Oh, yeah, yeah. That uh, was for Thunder Hill, wasn't it? Yeah, Thunder yeah. Hill posted a video uh, of an accident in one of the races from last weekend, I'm assuming. Yeah, James made it through, and though. James just like, and then the crash. Boom, crash, bang. It's all into part the, of racing. Into the dirt. So anyway, when that comes out, we'll let people know. But in the meantime... We've got some Kanga Motorsports shirts, and I have that hat, which he did a limited run of. I don't know if he's going to do those again or not. But those so, are nice hats, too. Yep. There'll be some of that stuff in the future. But uh, anyway, for this week, shall we jump into Adam's opener, presented by Factor Fabrication? Yeah. So uh, anybody who's listened to you know more than two shows of this podcast is pretty well aware that sometimes we're maybe a little overly critical of the SCCA and its ways. Sure. As when? a as a uh, as an organization, not you know, every once in a while. So uh, here lately, we're going to talk about some other podcasts real quick. Sorry, this has to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Hayward Wagner, who is the, I'm going to mess this title up. I believe, if I remember correctly, something about director of experiential something or another's for the SCCA. Okay. So basically, he is the guy that uh, is organizing events like or is marketing events like track night in america okay and stuff like that which i don't know if you guys know are too familiar with at all a little bit but uh he was on not only our friends adam and austin's podcast slip angle but also with our friend ross bentley on speed secrets yes it's uh here recently and so i listened to both of those episodes and he's got me really excited about some of the things that the scca is doing right now which is a weird place for me to be <laughs> So, but they need that guy though. But I think that they so, need him to be. So this guy getting us excited. He fucking gets it, man. And so his thing is that he's talk. He's he's been in the SCCA, like grew up in it. You know, he's ate, slept, and breathed it. He's filed bankruptcy and been divorced because of it. You know, he's done the SCCA thing. Right? He's the poster child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he's gone to like 20 some solo nationals and and competed in runoffs and the whole nine yards so he knows what the scca is all about as it stands or as it as it was you know that frankly walled garden situation that it kind of is the the joke is that it's the secret car club of america right 
So he's he is attempting to make it more of a inviting atmosphere for people who aren't necessarily looking to to compete at a national level. It's one of the things I dislike about like the solo rule book specifically. I, I feel like it's it's written for for one week a year. Yeah. <laughs> and and a a handful of competitors. Now granted there's thirteen hundred plus people that compete at nationals, but that's nothing compared to the ten thousand plus people who compete at local autocrosses every single year. And writing that rule book for those small people that week seems weird to me. I feel like you could write a rule book that's a little less confusing, a little more inviting, but they're all designed for parody, right? They're all designed to make things equal. Mm-hmm. So one of the new things that they are introducing is their TT stuff. Now, um, our local region and a group of other regions around here is doing that my div TT. Yep. That is not the SCCA's TT program. Just right. so happened that both of these came out at the same time, which I think is a little <laughs> bit unfortunate for our local group because I think number one, they have their own set of rules. And I think if they'd have known that, you know, it's kind of like the head not talking to the arms type of deal. If our local group would have known that that SCCA was gonna push TT this year, I don't know that they'd have bothered making their own rule set. They probably would have just waited for it, you know. Right. But it is what it is. I'm sure it could be changed uh next year or whatever. But uh, specifically, I want to talk about their new TT program because Hayward was talking about uh, with Adam and Austin about how that that rule set is specifically designed to encourage and allow creativity of the competitors, which is something that the rest of the SCCA rule books are very much not written for. Right. That almost discouraged, frankly. Right. And it's one of the things that. I think a lot of us, people like us, dislike about those competitive bodies. And this TT thing, he he flat out said, we're not trying to write a rule book that allows everybody to be competitive. Those people who want to win those classes, they can look at, they can open up that rule book and they can make the decision, what car do I need to buy and what what, what rules can I exploit to be the fastest person in this class? And that's fine. If you want to be that guy, you can be that guy. But if you just want to go out there and enjoy yourself and spend time with your track buddies at a track and work on improving yourself, your car, keeping track of your times, having fun, being creative with your build, this is where we need to, this is where you need to be. And I think that that's important for the SECA to have because that allows people like me especially a place to be. So I'm excited about it because it's, it's not, it's not spec racing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why the SECA solo rule book is what? 800 pages long it's because <laughs> yeah, they, they, they continue to try to make more and more classes and more and more exceptions to try to make the playing field equal. Yeah. You know, and, and at least in my experience, which is why we now have, what, what are we calling our XP class? XP nerds now? XP according nerds. To, according to Booney. Uh, yeah. So that's why that we're seeing, I mean, we're seeing more and more people in XP because they just don't give a shit anymore. They're like, yeah, who, who cares? Build, build car, your car. And my then, car yeah. doesn't, like, you, you build a car and a lot of people, if you, if you 
buy a car and you start doing modifications to it and you don't have any real intention of, of using it specifically for autocross or, or time trials or whatever it is that you're going to do. And then you're like, you know what, you know, I spent all this time and all this money and all this effort building this car and it's okay on the street, but it's really not too much. It's not that much fun. I want to take it and do something with it. Well, I'll just go autocrossing with it. Well, I have this one little bitty part that is a normal modification for my car, and it puts me in this insane class. This is, you know, helps prevent that. Right. Just build the car that you want, take it out and go racing with it, and, you know. All that matters is, is first and foremost, that you're enjoying yourself. Right. And secondly, that uh, you have a chance to gauge your improvement as a driver, as a car, as a mechanic, the whole thing. That's, to me, what's more interesting than wheel-to-wheel racing. Yeah. And you could grow into, I mean, if you really wanted to exploit that class, you could eventually grow into that. Yeah. I mean, look at, everybody develops, look at James Houghton, for instance, in the development of his car. Right. You know, I'm sure when he started, he didn't think that this front wheel drive Integra is going to be one of the fastest in the world. In the world, you know, just you know, so you could build to that point, or you could change chassis or whatever. But yeah, I think that fixation on having 47 different classes, all with PAX times, and then people only fixating on PAX times, makes it not fun. They have uh, the SCCA introduced a spec solo coupe last year for a. this will be the first year that it's ran. It's a solo class. And okay. it is for um, for GT86s, FRSs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that. Um, it excludes 2017 plus because they did a bit of a, ref- like a mid-cycle refresh. Mm-hmm. And some of the changes they made, that chassis is better. markedly better. I don't know what the difference is because I've never looked into it. But so it's 16, like I think 13? Yeah. 13 right. to 16? Maybe. Something like right. that. And... Uh, it's so specced down, and so the rules are so refined that you have to buy a certain company's parts. Really? So you buy like, I don't, you know, I, I'm gonna guess based on the fact that who's who's associated most with the SCCA. I haven't looked into it, but I, if I had to guess, I'd say it's like Coney's shocks, Ibox springs, and somebody's sway bars, hmm. and then you get like a cat back and an intake, and I'm pretty sure those are spec too and you go out and you race and if all you care about is being the fastest guy in your class and proving that you are the better driver that's a great place for you to be that sounds soul-suckingly boring to me <laughs> i guess at that point why wouldn't you do one of the other spec classes like why wouldn't you do spec racer ford or why wouldn't well, you do so it's a solo class it's an auto oh okay class. sure so yeah. that's they, and they so don't have a you spec could buy, Miata. You could buy... No. Well, see, so that's the funny thing about... Spec Miatas are actually specifically listed in the rule book because um, stripping the interior of a car, the the solo rule book, the yeah, autocross. Right. Stripping the interior of a car bumps you automatically to prepared class. Boom. You're there. Okay. Done. Except for... But a Spec Miata... In order for a Miata to be competitive in, in its respective prepared class, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, is D prepared. I think they're yeah, there it's with D, you. Yeah, that might be DSP. With the Fiat. It's either DSP or D, or D prepared. I'm pretty sure they're D prepared. Is it? Okay. Yeah, so those cars, they like... 
those guys they'll cut the windshields off. They build these wild high compression motors. They've got they run these crazy ITB setups. A spec Miata not only weighs probably on the multitude of hundreds of pounds more, mm-hmm. but probably also makes 30, 40, 50 percent less horsepower. So if you want to if you have a spec Miata, but you don't really get to go out and do track like club racing stuff that often and you want to take it to your autocross and be competitive, you can't be. Right. So they actually have a specific exemption to put those in street prepared because they Yeah, so then I think they run in DSP. I don't think it's D. It's not? No, because that's one of the stupid things about the SCCA solo is that you would think if a car starts at A street and then moves to street prepared, that it would be A street prepared and then when it moves to prepared, it'd be A mod. It's or a prepared it's not so like my omni i don't i think it's h street and then it goes to f street prepared and then it's e prepared why are they doing that i don't know why why did you well, <laughs> no <laughs> so i i'm pretty sure they're d prepared mostly because it's dp and that's funny <laughs> We'll leave that at that. <laughs> if you don't know, don't Google it. Google it. Definitely <laughs> don't Google it. Google it. Google it. Don't listen to Rabbi. Google <laughs> DP images. I dare you. Safe search. Safe search. Do please. it at work. <laughs> Get your coworkers around. Yeah. Everybody check out this SCCA class. <laughs> quick, quick pause of the YouTube right now. Just click pause YouTube. Pull up a new search window. Oh, no. Don't even do it on incognito. Just do it. Oh, no. Live dangerously. Yeah. You'll figure out your SCCA class eventually. Uh, we are not responsible nor liable for any actions that you may make in response to these shows. I just want to state that. That's oh, a yeah, legal no. disclaimer. That should be on the front of every show. <laughs> <laughs> just a roll-in before the, uh, just before the music starts. That, yeah. Just, yeah. Like, just like on South Park. No one should listen to this show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> add, need to add that into the description. I'm going to put it at the beginning for now. I'm going to clip it out. when you What you just said, I'm just going to add it to the beginning. We'll just make that the front roll for the show. <clears throat> deal anyway i'm pretty sure they're deep prepared but i think that they're like i don't remember where they are are they like c street prepared maybe, maybe? that's it oh that sounds kind of who knows i have no idea yeah i don't remember now i don't remember it doesn't yeah matter. No, it's not important it's not important it's just but it's silly yeah but you think that by that admission to the rule book you would kind of extrapolate that maybe your rules are a little fucky you know what I mean? Yeah. If you if you look at the spec Miata and go, well, it should be in this class, but let's what what if we just put it in this class so these guys could autocross? Why wouldn't you take a moment and go, okay, maybe the thing about taking out your carpet shouldn't put you into prepared? No, I I agree that it shouldn't be allowed in the street, but like a fully prepped street prepared or street mod car, not a streetable vehicle. No. By any stretch of the imagination. To the hilt, no. Not if you're full to the hilt. Full interior. Right. Those are required. By, <laughs> like, right. my Omni yeah. was, at the time, a full to the hilt street uh, street prepared build. Not a comfortable street car. Not even a little bit. Not even a tiny little bit. <laughs> I will force through it because I adore driving that dumb little thing. <laughs> but it's not a comfortable thing. So why can't it, and the carpet? I'll bet that carpet doesn't weigh ten pounds. No, no it's not doing any. It's the Neg- change is negligible. Absolutely. Right. So what's right. the point? Right. But this is this is the SCCA where people tear wiring harnesses apart and pull out spare wires that aren't being used anymore because they're shaving ounces. 
for one race a year. So what like do you, you want said. me to do, man? For one week a year. You. I get it. So what's his name again? This guy? Hayward Wagner. Hayward Wagner. Hayward. Hayward Wagner. Right. So he's hopefully changing so he, the culture of the SCCA. He's very focused on changing. I mean, not all of it. I think that I might not like it, but things like the club rule book and, and the solo rule book have their place. And clearly there are people who adore that type of racing or else it wouldn't be as hugely popular as it is. You know, last, so like solo nationals is capped at 1,350 participants. And the last two years they've been over 1,300. They're nearly sold out. They're almost to the point where they can't physically be any bigger than they are. Yeah. Right. Last year, uh, runoffs had almost a thousand cars in it. Uh, you know, the club racing right. nationals granted, it was at Indi- Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and that kind of adds to that mystique. But still, over a thousand or almost a thousand cars. There were probably two to three thousand people when you include drivers and support staff and and pit crew members and stuff like that that were there. Clearly, it's a, a popular thing and great. I'm just excited that there's maybe finally a place for me to be. Yeah. Or any one of us, Robbie, me with the Fiat. I think Robbie. I have always had a street mod or XP. I've, I've yes, never, but I've never I, had that choice. I think that you could. I feel like you could build a spec Miata and be perfectly happy with it. Yeah, probably. Because the way that those spec Miata rules are built, very, for, very much for an engineer. Yeah. Because you'll b- break open that rule book and you'll find places where you can shave a percentage point here and there like I could, you know I could, you, I could polish this thing yes, here and exactly so that's and and I feel like someday I would love to actually. and I, and I don't Not think it's a Miata but something yeah right whatever it is yeah you know uh, it's arbitrary car an STL car or something like yeah. what Jabay built you know or or um, you know insert whatever random club racing class I just yeah. I feel like you can get behind the the kind of specked out rules yeah. a lot better than Michael or I do. No, I won't disagree with that at all. Like I think that's that my wheel to wheel right drive, I guess is the way to put it. Cuz no, no I I would love to get a car like you know, expect Racer Ford or something and actually do that. Well, there's a reason that your challenge last week involved a caged Firebird. Yeah. I think it's pretty Yeah. Anybody noticed a pattern here lately? Right, exactly. Robbie wants to go racing. <laughs> a bit. Just a little bit. Robbie's going to be called Ricky Bobby here pretty soon. Well, even last year, too, I was really considering selling the 240, just getting rid of everything, yeah. and then buying a Formula Fast car. I mean, there's only yeah, like I remember eight you races a year. And, I mean, there's, it's a kind of a tight-knit group. But I was like, well, that, you know, it's not that expensive. I could get a whole trailer and a car for like... It was like fourteen grand. I could get the whole shop full of stuff, like spares, everything. I could just go racing for fourteen grand. I mean, granted, I mean that's not exactly cheap, but it was. I could sell the two forty and then somehow have enough money to justify it. I never did it, but we did yet. Uh, yeah, exactly. But that's. I would like to do that. That'd be fun. As much as I love the idea of a formula car, I also kind of hate it. I know. You know. Really? Just because you can't do anything else with it? Yeah, so, okay, well, I have this formula car, and and here it is. It's the same as that guy's, and that guy's, and that guy's, and that guy's, and it's just a car. You also can't take it anywhere. Yeah. It's got to go on the trailer. That's why you need a race Uh, You need a fleet of cars. Like this TT stuff that, that, uh, this new TT group that 
SCCA is doing, you can't compete with a formula car currently. Yeah. Because formula cars and standard cars by SCCA's insurance policy, probably not their choice, probably their insurance holder's choice, cannot share a track. And I can, I can see the justification behind it. I mean, and I, I get it. I kind of wonder if, like, if I showed up at a Fast Friday at MAM with my Hayabusa swapped Formula 500, would they even let me on the track? That's a good question. Because my car's 28 inches tall. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little sketchy. You know, it's below the window line of a Miata. <laughs> yeah. So. And then at that point, what would you do with it? Solo? That's the only thing you can do. It's the only thing you can do. Yeah. Or rent a track. Yeah. Yeah, or if somebody was doing like a formula open lapping day or something. I've never, ever, ever heard of... I mean, I'm sure they Maybe exist in places where there's large groups of formula guys and they want a test day. I'm sure that if you had a a large contingency of, of formula racers, that I'm sure that they might rent a track on a Wednesday. But it doesn't happen in Pacific Not, Junction, no, Iowa. It doesn't happen. I tell you yet. that much. No. I wonder if you would see that, though, if you went to California and they had a PDX or something like that, if they would do two sessions, one was formula cars and one was regular cars. Well, I almost would guess that there's not. Like, if if you're going to find an open lapping day for formula cars, it's not going to be a sanctioned group. Oh, sure, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be, be a, like, you know, because those guys all know each other, and they're probably, they probably have a Facebook group, and they were like, man, springtime's here. We've all, you know, we got fresh build motors and, and new shocks and... Testing tune, and, baby. Uh, you know, I need to know where I'm at. So let's run a track on Wednesday the 15th, and uh, let's let's just... Whoever shows up, it's going to be this much money. Okay, let's do it. And 20 people show up with formula cars, and that's probably... If, if those exist, that's probably how that happens. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, so... Having a formula car locally is not ideal from not a track ideal. time standpoint. No, not at all. No. Unless you're doing a series. Or traveling to race. Traveling would not be ideal no. so around here So Grid Life has a super unlimited class that will allow tube chassis and formula cars and stuff like that. Yep. I don't know that anybody's ever actually... Well, I actually know someone has shown up with one. Alan did the year before the first year that we went with his DSR car. Oh, right. Yep. But I don't... You know, maybe they put them on track because they, they put them in advanced group with with guys like James and and Andy and people who are well aware of what's going on on a racetrack and are fine with it and it's probably okay. Right. But I think that's fair. Yeah. Anything else so, SCCA update wise? I'm just uh, looking forward to cautiously optimistic. Yeah. yeah. Well even this year too locally I think it's kind of everyone just said fuck the rule book let's all go to XP. It's, yeah, because just have fun this year. Who cares about packs? When I, I was know. talking about building my car and not giving a shit and going into XP, there was like one guy in it. it now all of a sudden, there's like was, ten people. Yeah, it was. I know when I did it last year, or even the year before, when I was was I street mod when I had the SR20. Or was that XP? That though? was where you should have been. Yeah, I don't know where you. I think you were street mod. I don't you, think you were XP. Okay, well, I was, I've been because X, you XP had a Nissan motor, and at the time that, that would have put you in street, street mod. mod. Okay, then XP was last year, and there was only like what four of us. Yeah, there's you and. Michael, Michael with the M3 and and Chaz, Chaz with the Miata. Yeah, so three. I think it was only three. So yeah, this year it's like triple that. It should be fun. Just people that don't even belong there. That who cares? But it, that's it's literally just everybody saying fuck packs. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we, we were tired of this. Yeah, 
It's just a class of people racing against each other for raw time. Right. I've never, ever, ever cared where I come in. All I care about is beating Robbie Veerhout. Right. So I'm an expert. It's the only thing I care about. I get that. hate that guy. (laughs) He is a jerk. I want to beat that guy (laughs) for sure. And we've gone back and forth, too. When we raced at Marshalltown, sometimes I took it, sometimes Robbie did. Yeah. It's been back and forth. Yeah, once I had a car that was capable. Back in the day. Yeah, when it had stocks, three tires and stock suspension, that was a a slow car. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so was my TT, so. Had that sick eBay turbo, though. Which one did? Mine? You did, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. Oh, you had a Godspeed turbo, didn't you? a Godspeed turbo. Yeah, it worked, though. Fuck. Yeah. That thing would start freight training once it spun up. China chargers are the greatest chargers. Are you kidding me? It worked. For, for $100, who about, cares? That's why I bought one to put it on the S10. Yeah. Yeah, because I bought you it for 100 bucks. You buy a factory refurb of that motor, or of that turbo, and you're going to drop 1200 bucks. Yeah, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I can buy 12 of those. Somebody's <laughs> brain is exploding right now. <laughs> you can't use those no, turbos. Don't, don't, ah, don't do it. absolutely a time and place for both situations there, there absolutely is and if i was seriously competitive and i was trying to build a, a real race car i would z- no doubt be buying a borg warner or a garrett or a precision absolutely. or something like that whatever it might be but i'm just having fun with a car that's not that expensive and frankly the more laggy it is the better because it's kind of fun on the street turbo lag is fun Tur- it can be it's fun on the street yes it's hilarious on the street Nothing, nothing, nothing. Holy shit. Ah! So, anyway, that was like a turbo. It was a, it wasn't even a ball bearing. It was a journal bearing. So, was Was it really? The way it is on my S10, too. It's a journal bearing China charger. Yeah. I just remember it being fun when it it was pulled up. It moved. That car moved when it had the, the, still had Godspeed and the, still had 325 horsepower. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah. That's what that's that was kind of part of the motivation of finishing the RX-7 because I was like, I can make 300 horsepower. That's not a big deal. Yeah, we can do that. Let's do that. Set it up. Yeah. So, anyway, time and a place, as they say. Yes. Factorfabrication.com. Check out our buddy Booney's website. Um, all the custom fabrication work that he does uh, with the guys in his shop, commercial, residential stuff. Um, he's even got some furniture on his website as well. Um, and if you want to join the XP nerds, I guess let him know on the Facebook group because he did have some uh, patches? patches. Yeah, he posted those on our local SCCA. Oh, are we getting group? Are we getting like vests or jackets? Or well, something? now we got to get driving. I feel like we should get jackets. jackets or now we get no. Yeah. Now we got to get like the Alex Roy jacket. Thing. Yeah, or he just does get that. fireproof suits, suits and then put the patch on. No, but then I can't wear it like out in public. I gotta have like I just I gotta have leathers. I gotta have like leathers. <laughs> I, I absolutely like have a biker worn, gang. No, I have absolutely like, worn a racing. Like fire suit, your white one, shirt or jacket it, it, in public. You have. I thought it was great. I've been there. I think was I there? Yeah, because so they're tightly woven. Yeah. So they, the wind doesn't blow through them, but they're not like heavy. So right. in Iowa, where it's always a thirty-five mile an hour wind, it's kind of nice to have a jacket that is not too warm, but still bucks that wind. It's not like those <laughs> stupid windbreakers that. But Booney's got that. He's got the. I don't even know what that's called. It's like a jacket, but it's got patches on it. So it's got to be a like style a, to like it. Like a denim jacket? So it's a no, punk no, it's not, rock it's not denim. It's definitely punk rock, though. It's punk rock. Oh, we should definitely do more it's punk rock. It's got like a military. You got to get, get like a Misfits yeah, yeah, yeah. one. And yeah. 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 I don't know. Anyway, 
We could patches. Get to, we, could get, we could get ten tenths leathers and have like vests. <laughs> I don't know about leathers. That sounds weird. Assless chaps, maybe. Yeah, exactly. That's what that I, yeah, sounds ten-tenths like. That's where, it, that's where this good. ends, Robbie. It starts at leather jacket. It ends at assless chaps, and nobody wants that. I want to start it. Whatever. I'm going to stay at the beginning. I think you guys can go wherever you want to go. <laughs> I don't. I don't judge assless chaps for everybody. I disagree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, I, you I do, do not you, encourage Robbie. the use of assless chaps. If you go to an event, the time and place. Let us know, and we won't be there. <laughs> That time and place is in the privacy of your own home. Yeah, Robbie. What I do at home, it's none of your business. Exactly. I don't Let's want Let's keep it, it that be. way. On that note, factorfabrication.com. It's also on Instagram. Uh, just a quick side note. Booty is all about welding up me a drive shaft. So. I know. It's just bullshit. <laughs> it's theoretical. I, so, stopped, it's such I stopped bullshit. there and talked to him on Monday because I had a few extra minutes and he opens the door to his shop because it was locked he saw me come up he goes you bringing me a drive shaft? Bullshit. So. Such bullshit. Vindicated Robbie. Nope. I thought for sure he was going to say nope I'm not doing it. <clears throat> One of his other guys would do it. Yeah. Max was in Max on was going to do it. it. No. I don't know why you guys are surprised by this. Because I thought I thought you know I mean I thought Booney was a rational man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Are you saying that V8 swaps aren't rational? No, what I'm saying is trying to build a V8 swap for $3,000 is not rational. <laughs> not even a little bit. Maybe the swap if you already own the car. Or the sure. engine. Sure. And the engine. If you own the car and the engine, you could do it for three grand for sure. <laughs> that depends on what I'll buy into that. Depends on what. I mean, if you're just buying like a Gen 1 small block with a Holly on it, I could easily do it for three grand. Maybe. I could probably even do Nickel it. Nickel and dime shit, it, man. It gets you. 85% right for three grand. As long as the heads don't have to come off. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to make any real power here. It's going to make 150 horsepower, but. It's one of those 70 smog V8. 350s. <laughs> yeah. You put straight pipes on it and call it good. Open headers. Yeah. Impress the kids at the Dairy Queen. Yeah. That's what I you're can. into, man. Hey, man. If you drive past and the kids go, race car. Do it's bro. a win. Yeah, it's cool. Got to look cool for the kids. You do. We don't have a topic this week because we're all very tired. <laughs> oh, so tired. Yeah, we're it's been, a, it's been a long week of uh, work things. It's only half done. Things that make uh, make us money so that we don't become homeless and can continue to do the show. My bank account very much disagrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> you still have a home though, right? As far as I know. Okay, well. tried to take that from me. He's yeah, not that good. far down that's the hill good. yet. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so it's open forum topic, but we've been doing a lot of work outside the podcast car related yeah we really didn't talk about it this winter no we didn't we didn't talk about it a whole lot a lot of it's been on youtube um but robbie i know you've been doing a lot of work you released a video today which would be a few days ago now about some headlight swaps and things yeah that was kind of just a i was just doing a bunch of shit in the shop and i was trying to practice with the video camera i did that like three months ago what were you doing with that why'd you change the headlights just because you didn't like the look of them or why i had really like crappy like i couldn't see very far and there's like a million deer in my, yes. in my backyard, of course, all the time. So I'm just waiting for the time that one jumps out in front of me. So yeah, I don't know. My headlights have all the tabs are broken, so it kind of I'm holding it together with a bunch of like made up. Are those zip ties stock and shit? headlights or are those an aftermarket? They're stock headlights. Okay, but uh, when I when I took the oh, whatever you want, that bumper cover thing or that bumper support out to put the drift armor thing in right the bumper support had to be recreated which also means that the thing that the headlights sat on had to be recreated so all that's really super weird under there so i got that to work and they're they're aligned but those lights were never very bright so did wanted, you buy a new package like a whole yeah housing and the no 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 the housings are all the same oh, okay. and then that that whatever company it was 
Kitty Hawk something or other. That's not true. Cougar Hawk. Something with a cougar. Cougars. I, I specifically remember yeah. the word cougar. I went with the cougar. <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's a thing. Anyways. <laughs> Robbie's in a weird mood today. Did anybody else notice that? Wow. Ass- assless chaps and cougars. It's all good. But um, but no, they, they're they like literally just replacement headlights. So they're the exact same part number or whatever light number. Sure. 9006 or whatever. And just swap them out. And the new ones are LED, though. Yes, and they're just how like using those projector headlights in a non-projector housing. He's not being no, they're not. They're not shitty HIDs or universal kits. Like these are legitimate right replacement bulbs with LEDs. (laughs) They have fans. I have three radiator or four radiator or four fans on my car now (laughs) because there's two in your headlights. So how much does that light thing cost? Forty three dollars a. For each set, so I I replaced the highs and the lows. So oh, okay. Like slightly eighty ninety bucks. Then. Yeah, roughly. Okay. I, I had a gift card, so I just used it for that. And it's a better color temperature. And it's a better light dispersion. Yeah, it's it's, it's like. like a it's a white light. It's not that halogen yellow. Yeah. So it goes a lot further. It's a lot brighter. I mean, I don't drive a lot at night, but the last thing I want to do is smuck another critter with my car. Yeah. No, I get that. Bed there. But no, but it's almost the exact same price as the uh, the xenons. The, the yep. HID mimic ones. Those are can, those are the people who we don't like. The, the xenon ones, not not the, like the ones you get at Walmart. Yes. No. Oh. Because they're, they're, you're supposed to have reflectors. Those, oh, on those, those you are. Those belong in reflector housings. Oh, and, see, I, yeah, I didn't know. I just know that they're housings. super bright, and yeah. these are supposed to be as bright, but they aim. Nobody likes that guy. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. So. No, I was impressed. For forty three dollars, I was quite impressed. <laughs> they look good. Yeah, we'll and, see and the video doesn't show it, but they should yeah, be fine. Yeah, the video doesn't show it very well, but yeah, the color is dramatically different. Like it's it's a bright white. So you got those, and then obviously you got your auto power bar finally, which yep. I don't know so. if you talked about that on the show. Did I talk about? Uh, you were talking about you were waiting you on mentioned it. Mentioned that you have it. Okay. Not really talking. Yeah, maybe about you did too. Yeah, so I ordered it through FT eighty six because they don't they expect were, for you to be able to do that at home. <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> that was kind I, of a favorite deal. Yeah, I probably shouldn't advertise that. Nah, it's okay. It's it's FT eighty six Speed Factory. They I have a friend that works there, Thomas, and said, hey, can I order this for you guys? You're a distributor on their website. And he goes, I don't know, let's see if our sales department's down. So I sent them the part number I needed. They ordered it. And it took, I ordered it on my birthday, so January. And then it showed up, what, like a month and a half later, almost two months later. So I mean, but it's, it fits perfect. Yeah. And to so, be fair, you probably ordered it at the busiest time possible. Oh, yeah. Everyone, so, everyone wants their cage now or their roll bar now. Right, in January after they've gotten past the holidays and now they're going, uh, this is going to start return. sneaking up. Tax return, this yep. is going to start sneaking up on me, the track you know, the track, uh, track events and things like that. So I need to get this ordered. So I'm sure everybody else ordered it at the same time that you did. Yep. Yeah, but it was it was worth the wait. Um, Speed Academy had a, like an article that kind of walked through it step by step, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what I followed when I did mine and then did the video on it. And I just put it in the car, lined it up, Drilled my holes, put my backing plates on it, and bolted it all up. Like it's it's that easy. It looked really easy. It, it the video you put together it looked like it just. So does it have did. that picture? Just for from my perspective, a little small. So I'm curious. So on the um, rollover bar braces that go back, how does that tie in in your car? It goes on the above the, on the wheel well. It goes on the wheel well. So yep. uh, in that car, do the seats normally sit on the wheel well? No, they're on the inside. They're on the inside of that. Okay, yeah. so you got a clear shot back to where they mount. Yeah, the only thing would be in the way would be the plastic. So I just drilled the just, hole through the plastic. Oh, okay, okay. And then do those have a bolt in them? 
or was that a one? Is that whole thing one piece? No, it's three pieces. You got the, okay. you got the, what do you want to call it? The not the hoop, the sure, the, the rollover hoop, the sure. rollover hoop, and then the cross brace and all that, and then the seat or the harness bar. That's all one piece. Okay, and then the you got two more pieces that bolt in that go to your wheel well. Okay, so those when you put it in, then obviously you don't put those on immediately. You no. get the rollover in there, and then you put all that together and slide it back in and yep. in place. Yeah. And you want to put it with it leaning backwards, not it leaning forwards. Because if it's leaning forwards and you can't tip it back into place because it hits the roof. Ah, fair enough. And then you have to take it out, and then you scratch your vinyl, and then you put it back in. Really? Is that in the instruction manual, or was yeah, that? Yeah, no, they specifically it, stated scratch, scratch your, your vinyl. vinyl. Did yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Didn't say Robbie paint. Didn't, didn't say that. paint. Didn't say plastic dip. They, they, they said you'll, you'll scratch your scratch vinyl. Scratch your vinyl, right. So, so don't do it. Right, I get it. I get <laughs> it. I learned the hard way. So like I'm banging it up against the shifter, and I'm like, I bet I can make this fucking work, and hitting the ceiling. I'm like, ah! So on those bolt-in cages, there's the the plates have four holes in them. You drill through the car. Yep. You well, put actually, the, it's three on each one because you got three. The, okay. the, the corner is the. Oh right. The tube, okay. Fair enough. So you, they're not wide enough for. And then you've got another eighth-inch plate that you put underneath it. Run your bolts down through. Tie it all together. They should all be quarter-inch. The quarter-inch plates. Yeah, okay. And they all have grade eight bolts. I can't think of the size. So they're relatively large. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's. Freaking easy! <laughs> it good. sounds exactly it's, like the one I've got in my car. I think too. I, I think it is. I'm 99 percent certain the mine's an auto power. So it, I know the, the way from what I've looked at, the way that mine installs is looks to be the same as yours. Yeah, and your setup looks through about the wheel this, well and yeah, stuff like that. Your setup looks the same, like the way it's the way it's made and the welds and stuff all look like when I remember looking at yours last yeah. like, last year, the year before, what you know, whatever. Probably two years ago is the last time you saw that car. <laughs> I, I specifically remember Marshalltown. <laughs> We've been doing this podcast for a long time, Robbie. <laughs> And my car's been broken for a long time too. Yeah, so. so I remember and that was at Marshalltown. But I, I, it looked just like yours. Same, yeah. same, same quality, same welds, stuff like that. So yeah, I think you have an auto power. Pretty sure. I, do. I, I was impressed. I feel like your seats. Did you put you put the seat back in? Then seats went right you've back. Driven it. Yep, I've driven it a few times. Uh, seats went right back where they should. Uh, I made my brackets for the passenger seat because it was uh, the Sparkle Evo three, which is the American size. Yeah, huge thirty eight inch or whatever. Fucking fat. So I had to get custom brackets made and i yep. so it's fixed and i was afraid it was going to be too far back and it just barely eighth of an inch maybe <laughs> so off but that bar on this it's okay these the harness bars on the auto power bar it's in the are it's, bent yeah it's to, it's a, okay it goes around the the cross brace in, backwards okay so oh the whole it's one piece all the way around yeah okay same with mine Okay. It's around just learning behind, stuff about it's behind the diagonal bar though. Yeah. So your seats yeah, even all the way back against that bar you still have some distance between the back of the seat and the roll and where the harness attaches. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just learning stuff about roll bars. Cage roll protection, things. yeah. <laughs> so you can't do that in some race series. Yeah, you can't no, in others. Yeah, just, say, yeah, out of curiosity. Yep. So let's say do they make a like a door bar version of that cage? Yeah, they do, and that's so can can you buy that stuff and go it, to this one, or do you have to buy the whole damn thing? Again? No, I can t- I could uh, weld their their front half of it to this if I wanted to, and then they also you could weld on your door bar pieces. That so you, they have a back half and a front half, and you don't have to if you buy the back half, you don't have to then buy it all over again. No, you can piece it all together. They should okay. all mate right up. And then they also make another version of this, which has the welded braces for the door bars, and then you bolt those in. So you'd have mm. kind of like the arm sticking out where your shoulder would be. And then you just add that yes. when you want to. Yep. So it'd be... That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Especially if that stuff fits as well as the back half did. Because most people 
realistically, they just need what Robbie has. Yeah. But two, three years down the road, they're more serious about what they're doing. They might need more like what you have, Michael. Yeah. Well, if, if I can buy that back half and use the car and feel safer about it and pass tech inspection, and a few years down the road, I'm, I'm a little more serious. The car's gotten a little crazier. I'm a better driver. Things are moving along. It's time for me to get door bars. If you could just buy that stuff and weld it in there, that's... That's intelligent design. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, for what I'm doing, just some time trial stuff, some track days, HPDs. Um, it's right. But, and I'm not, and unless you were in a specific competitive series. Yeah. Cause even grid life, this is all you need until you get to unlimited. I was going to say, we're all the way up this, to unlimited. Well, yeah. this thing ends up with a pair of turbos hanging off the side and a whole bunch of arrow on it. And, you know, he's going to want door bars. Well, then he's, you're gonna want he's right door bars, there banging doors with James Houghton and you're Andy Smedgard. You're going to want some door bars. He's going to want some door bars. Yeah. Want yeah. But I was kind of nervous because, one, I had a sunroof and I took it out. And I, it, it shouldn't be any different than having one with like oh, getting a roll bar yeah. just without. Yeah. It's just like buying it as if I didn't ever have a sunroof. So I made that assumption. Do they make one if you do? Yes. And There's it's a like, different. It's, a, it's an inch and a half lower, I think. <laughs> that's a lot lower. That that track oh, is dude, huge. Dude, that track was ridiculous. I barely fit in his car with a helmet in his seat with the sunroof in there. Yeah. It was, oh, you're talking about this car when it had a It was a dramatic car. difference in his 240. I think it's all, at least an inch. So I, yeah, so mine's glued shut. So I, I ordered it as if it was just a sun or non-sunroof car. And then it's also got a salvage title. And I know it's been in way worse damage than they applied. <laughs> you were curious what shape it was I'm on like, the inside. how straight is this car? It's three inches to the left of the right, front exactly. corner. That's what I was afraid of. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna have to like have somebody cut it and make one piece longer. I was legitimately concerned about that. Yeah. But it fell right into place. Like, I mean, if it's off, it's barely off at all. It's going to make you feel a little better about the condition of the car, too, right? Yeah. Well, I was really, that was it, too, because like when I was doing my alignment... I'm looking back, I totally fucked it up. Like I was Yeah. We've all been there. It's like shifted and then everything angled, shifted to yeah. one yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, then everything was angled funny. So I was driving, let go of the string wheel all the way to the right. So I hadn't had a chance to fix that. So I'm like, well, which what is it? Is my is my whole car messed up? Or is my suspension that bad right now? Because I just screwed that up. So but yeah, so that's fixed too. But uh I was nervous about how straight the car actually is. So let's talk about that real quick. Your uh, your alignment thing, because I don't know that we ever actually publicly no. acknowledged that. No, we were waiting for right, support for from things. said owner. We were waiting for things. So let's talk about it because yep. I want to know. So well, you you purchased yeah, let's uh, Quick Trick Alignments newest, and you got a beta kit. Yeah, we in got the a true beta sense kit. of the word. Yeah, it actually is a beta. It, yeah, for sure, it was it a beta, beta test, and yeah. we and Robbie and did it. So you've used it. Two or three times now? I used it last fall. Um, well, because I realized I, when I got my suspension done, I brought it to a shop and said, hey, I want three degrees of camber, as much caster as you can give me, and then like minimal toe. And this was when I was doing autocross mostly, so I wanted a little bit more toe than I want now. And then when I was looking at it, like my wheel is completely shifted in the... Um, in the opening. Like, yeah, in the wheel well. It's like at least an inch and a half off. Like it's damn near rubbing the bumper or the body kit in the rear. And then there's like a huge gap between the side skirt. I'm like, well, clearly it's fucked. Like it's <laughs> either, <laughs> it's just the whole yeah. thing screwed up. Yeah. So after that that drift event that I couldn't make it to because of the rain and my power steering pump issues, I went home and completely took all my suspension off, and then centered everything. As you do, 
you know. I was pissed. As you Robbie would. You can't, I needed you can't to go do racing something. today. What do you do? You put it up on Jack's day as you just blow the whole damn thing <laughs> apart, right? That's what you did. That or light a match. It's, it was one or the other. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I went home and I pulled the suspension all off and get, got everything centered, like completely dead centered in the right. wheel well, and then s- tried to set it up from there. And then I didn't have it quite right, so the whole thing was, the fronts were kind of shifted off, and then... My toe was all screwed up, <laughs> so I took it for a test drive. You know, this is like November, and I knew it was off, and I never had a chance to fix it. And then last weekend, I, I went and redid the whole front end, and everything was fine. So it's, it's actually driving straight now. It's where I want it, three so, degrees of camber. So how does, the, straight. how does that kit work? Does it work pretty well? I mean, yeah. Is it real easy to use? For the most part. I think it's just it's kind of a learning curve. So you, you just kind of attach it to your wheel on the outside lips. Right. And then you use your, it's just a, I don't know, like an angle measure. What you, what, what? A level? Le- yeah, a level. Uh, a level? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> really all. Angle that's, measure. That's, that's, that's all it is. It's bubbly. Uh, it's, it's got yeah. a bubble and it's some a liquid. Di- yeah, I don't it's, remember it's what it's called. It's a digital level. level yeah. And so it shows you the degrees. Right. So you me- you zero it off the ground. And that's kind of tricky if your ground isn't really flat, like my shop floor. Because if it has like ridges at all, it kind of throws it off. Right. So like your or if it's angled to a drain or something right. like that. Right. So yeah, your wheel could be sitting in a weirder spot than where you're measuring. So that kind of played into it. So you just measure that square to the world, or square to the car, and then you measure your camber off of that, which is super easy. But caster is a little more challenging because you have to turn the wheels to do it. So if you don't have the uh, those turn plates, those turn plates, you have to put tape on the ground. And then you have to turn it to the tape and measure that and measure back. and. Okay, so there's a few steps, but it's not... There's a couple of videos on the Quick Trick website that kind of walks you through it. It's not... That's that's the only complaint I had about the whole thing, is that they didn't have a really definitive way to measure things, and like the good instructions. That's the only thing I would have improved on it. Because you can have the tape measures that go from one side to, to the passenger side to the driver's side, and you can measure toe that way, and that's super easy. Then you know exactly right. the difference, and right. again, if your one wheel is right, you can measure <laughs> toe on the other one. But if that's off, it's all fucked. They're up. both wrong. I learned that the hard way. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's just learning a curve. It's just a matter of taking the time to learn the tools. And I mean, I've, I've spent, maybe we should make some turning plates. You can make them. They're kind of expensive if you just buy them. I know. That's what I, was I really, yeah. really, really, really want those. Hub stands that have turn plates built into them that yeah. are for flying Miata DIY. Yeah, yeah. Made by Paco Motorsports. Oh, at least really? the ones that flying Miata sell. Those would be sick. Yeah, those would be super nice. Very, very make it helpful. a lot easier because th- that's like and you can take the wheel. So off. like, yeah, you take the wheel off. You can load up the suspension, and then you can make adjustments on the car without jacking it up. Yep, taking the wheel off makes total adjustment, sense. Put the wheel back on. Take the jack out. Measure. Fuck, it's wrong. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, say mine's super easy to adjust because everything's adjustable. I just take the bumper off and lay under the car. But yeah, I've spent probably three afternoons worth of tinkering to finally get it at least to drive straight. So if you had those hub stands, that kit probably wouldn't work, would it? Because you need the wheel on. No, you need the wheel on. Yeah, yeah, you need the wheel on. So you'd have to get the. You'd rather rather have the plates. Paco kit. Oh, you'd have to get the whole kit. Do they have a kit for? A, I, they probably do. I they? think they have a full kit for it. Yeah. Okay, that's a bum deal. I didn't think about yeah, because that, that one's expensive. It's it expensive because it's it's better. I yeah, mean, I mean, it's it's great. And if you were like real serious about it, and you're you know checking your alignment after a race weekend every weekend, and yeah, and shit like that, and you're 
dialing in a half a degree or a tenth of a degree of camera here and there to try and find another tenth of a second on a corner. It makes sense to own that, but yeah, not yeah. quite there yet. Not, we're too amateur for that. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't feel super confident measuring to that type of accuracy with these. I mean, it's I too many know. other variables, including the ground. I yeah, I don't think it's that accurate. Not not to that type of level. Right, yeah. But it's definitely for like a DIY or anything that we're doing, drifters that just need it to be See, somewhat in the ballpark. I think that's the big market right there is it, it's drifter a, it's a, Yeah, it's a market that's untouched, I think, yeah. or that they don't realize each other exists. Right. Exactly. Like, I don't know. A drifter just needs to be able to drive somewhat just in the bang right it, direction. It, just like, bang it in there. Is it close? Yes. Stand it back Was that out. the first time that you took the car out and you dropped, or was that the second event? You dropped it off a curb and that wheel was. Oh, it was the first one. Because it immediately the, slid the, the coil over the bolt, the attachment bolt had moved. Yeah. Because it's it slotted on the coil. Yep, over. exactly. And I only noticed it because I looked at it and went, oh, shit, that right. moved. And so I jacked right. it up and moved it back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I bet that happens all the time with some of those cars. Absolutely. Constantly. And now I wish actually those fortunes weren't slotted on the bottom because I have camber. I have those camber extensions. Right. Yep. So now I'm going to have like nine degrees of camber <laughs> that I can do on there. <laughs> it's, literally, it's literally an extra five degrees, and I, so I think I can get to eight, seven or eight. So Damn, I don't son. need I don't need I don't need that slot on the bottom anymore. So, huh. but yeah, anyway. Yeah. So I'm excited to use that. Yeah, that, it's uh, well, yeah. Well, we'll have to. Well, I'll walk you through it, and I'll show you, like show you what videos I followed. And yeah. it's it's once you do it a couple of times, at least the mechanics are there. Then it's just time of dallying it on your car. Yeah. So that's that's not bad. Um, cool. Yep. Roll cage time. Roll cage let's, update. Let's talk about yeah. this roll cage. I have, uh, I have questions. So it's done. It is done. It is done. It needs I'm to so be excited. welded, but it's done. And I have done some of the welding. Because I am confident, I am now more, way more confident in my welding abilities. I'm not going to do all of it. I'm going to do the stuff that. Okay, so sure, secret. Okay. Nobody, <laughs> nobody welds. Apparently, nobody welds the back of their anti-intrusion bars. Well, it's kind of hard to. It is kind of hard to. There's I mean, a way there's, to. There's a car there. Yes, there is a way to do it. If you weld them before you put them in, which Robbie, I don't think you have a picture of the anti-intrusion bar. So sorry. If you wanted to Google it, it you'd find them. Um, they go basically, so for those that are listening, the anti-intrusion bars go from the front A-pillar bar forward towards the firewall or the footwell. And basically what that's supposed to do is if you do get in a really bad wreck, you hit a wall or you hit another car or something like that, that front wheel doesn't come into your feet. It's all, it's, that's all it's supposed to do. Um, so it's supposed to be braced, you know, it's supposed to have a, a forward bar and then it's supposed to have a brace bar or it's supposed to be two bars that angle together to, you know, create a point. Um, but the... Dirty secret is nobody welds the backside of them because the car, the chassis, well, not yeah. the chassis, but the car is in the way. The, you know, the basically where your feet sit. Yep. Um, it's in the way of that side. There's a way to do it where you, you fab them, you weld it, and then you kind of bang the bar in from the side. Um, that's how I did it. So yours are welded? Mine are welded. Oh, look at you. Because I figured I'm an overachiever. The two, the two options are don't weld the backside. You can always have that question. Just put them in. Or, let, or I can weld them. And at least there's a weld on it, right? Which is better than nothing. And right. so I welded them. I welded some other stuff, like some base plates and stuff. I, I, Just throw a little JB weld on my, it; it'll be fine. My uh, <laughs> yeah, JB weld cage. Same thing. We should try that. Have <laughs> you seen that video with the duct tape? Duct tape cage. That fancy duct tape. They they have a car and they 
they tape an exoskeleton to it with regular duct tape. They set it off a cliff and yeah, I think I did predictably see that. Oh. it just explodes everywhere. And then yeah. they put this like steel infused carbon fiber composite blah 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 fucking tape. blah yeah. duct tape that I'm sure is like eighteen dollars a roll and they throw it off the cliff and it quote does not explode, which I'm calling bullshit on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was better. I feel like <laughs> even if you welded a car a exo cage to a car and then pushed it off any sizable cliff, it's still gonna just destroy it. To some extent. At that point, the cage is, is not to save the car. It's to just hopefully keep it from killing you really hard. Yes. Just kill Full you. Full blown kill just you. Just kill you a little bit. Right. Just some light maiming. So maybe like you could walk away, or you could walk out of the hospital, but certainly not away. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. So anyway, welded that, I welded a few other things, base plates, tubes to base plates, things like that. Um, and then I'll have the full-blown certified welder come in and do all the all the upside down stuff for sure i'm not doing that oh, God. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah that would suck yeah i i don't want to mess with it. the guy that's been welding for 30 years he can do it um but one thing i will need to do on this a lot of the stuff's not welded together if you're looking at the video those the a pillar bars and the um um <clears throat> the halo yep. those are gonna have to come down and they're gonna have to be welded on top and then put back up which is pretty common practice um so we'll do that and then uh that's one of those things I've always like wondered, wondered about. Yeah. Like so what you do is you you do that, you get it all fabbed up, you know, you might do some spot welds and things like that, and then you take some braces and you kind of brace it, and then you break your spot welds on your halo, and then you break your spot welds on your your base plates where your A pillar bar is attached to your frame or whatever you want to call it on a unibody car, break all that out and then it'll drop down and then weld the top of it, put it back up. You can weld all the rest and of it then, then at that build point. from the top down, yeah. welding it back in. Yeah, and then you can see on here, too, this is all stuff I've learned. This has been an amazing learning experience. Yeah. Jabay told me that this would be really good for me, and it, I mean, it is good. Learned about, about fab and bending tubing and angles and screwing shit up and all that. Um, <laughs> don't think that I did this, you know, without issues. I had a lot of problems and have learned a lot. But um, So I learned on A-pillar bars, I really wanted those really far forward. Because it seems to make sense, you want those as far forward as possible so that it matches you know, the outside of the car. Of right, it's out of the way. Makes ingress and egress easier yeah. and probably is safer. Yes, it's not that straightforward though because you still have to weld stuff to the A pillar bars. Right, and so for it really to be safe, you need to be able to get again Behind access it. to all the way around it. Right, so you can see that one's that's probably as far forward as you could possibly go on those A pillar bars. And actually, I saw how, how far. I mean, oh, we're talking. It, to the to the sill where the door is, I mean, just enough to get a welding nozzle in there. <laughs> <It's about laughs> Inch, maybe yeah, two. yeah. The A pillar bars on there. I think if I was going to make those instead of using the Jegs ones, I would have maybe made them a little bit different shape and gotten them closer to the angled part of the A pillar. But I mean, that's why people put gussets in. That's why you, I mean, some people put huge gussets on stuff. Yeah, but I mean, that's there, not bad. A lot of times, I feel like those are almost put in because they're stylish. Yeah, as much as I've, anything? Yes. Yeah. I think in a lot of cases they are. Yeah. Um, but, so it's, I mean, it's all weldable. Just, you know, just working through it. It's one of those things where I say, I'm not going to rush it. Just going to kind of work through it and figure it out as I go along. And that's why I was asking about your harness bar, because in the rule set that I read, you can't, um, you can't have your harness bar curve around like that. Oh, yeah. It's got it. The, the rules specifically say that your crossbar and your harness bar have to intersect, and one of them has to be a solid piece. Right. So one has to be solid, the other one has to be welded to it, 
doesn't matter which one's which, but it has Probably to. Probably easier to be the harness bar. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. But oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, I did it the so other your way. Angle bar is a solid piece. No, my no, that's the way that I. If I was going to do it again, I would do the angle bar as a solid piece because it's easier from an angle's perspective to figure that out. My harness bar is a solid piece. And my angle bar is two oh, pieces. Oh, yeah, because there's less angled cutting. Right. Yes. The real bitch about that is that now you've got to take a bar, put two opposing angles in the middle of it to get the harness bar through it, and then get it to be on the same plane on both sides and match each other, which I have seen, and it's a pretty competitive car. I was looking at it. I was like, that crossbar does not line up. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same angle on either side. So this is like the the curse of education. Yeah, yeah, but the, I think now really, that you know these things, yeah. you are gonna see this shit. You'll be like, are you fucking that fucking cage is bullshit. Like, that's gonna be my life now. <laughs> I spent that past tech. I spent weeks. Building. You passed that? Are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think there's more of that than maybe everybody would like to know. Oh, but it's I think of, that's absolutely. Yeah, the there's case. no question there. So take that with a grain of salt but i did learn something and i will share it because uh, i think it was one of my more major failings and i'm fine with telling everybody about it so can you go back to the one where we're looking at what is the dash or was the dash after it was decimated um that crossbar i moved it it yes. was down farther it was below the column um because right above your knees not right above my knees it was below the column which is still pretty far away from your feet okay and your legs like in front of your knees yeah, it's well in front. It'd be where your shins are. Oh, okay. And But it's still, we're talking like a foot or so away from where your legs would be. Okay. Um, I talked to Jabay about it. He asked me to move it, so I did. I moved it above the column, which is where it is now. Yes. Um, a lot of cars are Why? wrong. What's, what's the... So is yours below the column? Do you have a crossbar there? I don't have a crossbar at all. Okay. <clears throat> the rules... Okay. No, I, re- I, don't have a I read I a lot of rules. Do. I have one. I mean, the... There's a crossbar across the top of the windshield that ties the two sides oh, sure. of the cage yeah. together, but nothing in the middle. Okay, so I let her, I read a lot of rules on this. Okay. it I could not find, and maybe it would be buried in NASA. So I, well, no, I think I read NASA's too. I don't know. It's probably a somewhere. a lot of time reading some real riveting material yes. there, aren't you? <laughs> but I couldn't find anything that said specifically you could not have that bar below the column. Okay. So what was Jabay's reasoning for it? He said that he knows a guy that got in an accident with a car that had that bar below the column, and now he walks funny. I could see it. So I said, okay, I, yeah, I'll move that. it. I don't have a problem with moving it. The only problem with when you move it is it's in the dash, which yep. is a shit show of who knows exactly Are what. Are you going to put a dash back in there? I, the dash has already been back in it. Nice. Really? Yeah, I put How the much dash in and took it. you have to clear out? Um, not that much because it's kind of all unscrewed, but I will not. I will not. Own a car that doesn't have a heater core in it. Uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, but it's in there. It runs through where the vents, like the top vents, you know, in the center of the stack. Yep. yep. Center console. console. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. It kind of runs through there. Okay. So that shit doesn't connect anymore, but at least heat will come out of places if it's 30 <laughs> degrees and raining like it has been. It seems like every time I take my car out. Heat will come out of the dash area. Oh, that's amazing. But, I uh, can't believe that you spent the time. To Dude. build a dash bar around your heater core. <laughs> but it, it is, so, and I couldn't find a rule specifically that said that that bar couldn't be curved, but I didn't want it to be. Yeah. I wanted it to be straight. Just be harder. Well, I would think, wouldn't curving it well, in theory, make you could, it less structural? Yes. And so I wanted it to be straight, 
Because right, if you did get hit, that's to prevent. Like if someone t bones you, yeah, that's to prevent the whole thing from collapsing, pancaking. Yeah, and so I wanted it to be straight bar. Yeah, so I I made it work. It's gonna work. And I had the dash back in. I had the gauges back in it, which wasn't a huge deal if you own a sawzall. You just kind of make it work. <laughs> well, I own two. I'm like, fully there, you, prepared. You get to two hack people in there to hack some shit up. So it'll uh, it'll be good. But got my door bars, got all my bracing, got all that stuff. So it's it's good to go. I think maybe next year, if I'm not Ecotech swapping the Fiat, I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. I'm um, I might get a dimple die and do some gussets, and I might do some some other um, gusseting inside there to add some stuff. But not doing anything this year. That that's going to be way overkill for what I'm doing this year. <laughs> so if I want to add some stuff later, it's not that big a deal. Add a couple supports. I'm excited that you are, we'll say, capable of welding. Yeah, at a, to a fair yeah, degree dude. now. It's fun. I'm excited about. I it. I feel a lot, I feel a lot better about it now. I think the problem is in the past I was trying to weld sheet metal, which is way different. Sucks. Way different. Yeah, you give me yeah. some plates though and some tubing or something like that. I could. We could fab shit, shit now though. Yeah. No, I no, I know. I, I <laughs> this is, but it's a curse. It is absolutely. It's a blessing though. Yeah. Too. In the in the sake of transparency i have there's a fiat in the shop that doesn't have an engine in it and there's a fiat in the race trailer that next year will not have an engine in it wait what yeah you have the green fiat yeah it's not back oh, together i forgot about that car <laughs> damn that engine's at okay. carl's actually because the engine guy at harvey's quit and went to carl's and my dad was like do you want to take the engine with you and he said sure so carl's is <laughs> a fiat engine now which I don't know if anybody knows what it is, but it's there, and it's... Why is that motor missing half of the They're just cylinders? like, yeah, where's the rest where's, of this motor? Did, did they cut this in half? Is this like a like one of those cutaway blocks? What's yeah, going on? they're very confused, but it's there, so I, don't, I have no idea when I'm getting it back, but it's it's up there. Um, but Why yeah. is there going to be not a motor in the race car? Because I'm going to cut the front end off of it. Okay, that's right. He's going to fab up some shit. I'm gonna, I, I just it. thought you were going to say. Yeah. I'm not going to quite cut the front end off, but I'm going to cut a lot of the front end off. And then I'm going to replace it with tubing, and then I'm going to put something in it. I haven't decided what it is yet. It's probably going to be an Ecotech or a supercharged 2 The nice thing about doing stuff like that is then you can buy, like, circle track shocks and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. make it so that you can actually do things. That's part of the motivation, too, is that... That's a unibody car, right? Yeah. That's not frame-on-body? No. Damn. Nope. That's a bum deal. No, talked about that. Talked about putting it on an S Chen t- chassis. Talked about. Smell- <laughs> I've got just, one of those. I know. <laughs> talked about it. It won't. It won't work. Not practically. So, anyway, just my new thing for 2018, 2019 is just going to be cutting shit apart. Let's body <laughs> drop replacing the it with tubing. Let's body drop the S. Screw it. Let's do it. Set it up. I want to put a four link in the back of it. We'll body Whatever. drop it. Get a kit. It. Yep. Now we're gonna fab it. Yeah, but you gotta get, get the mounts. We're just gonna buy just a bunch of tubing. We're just yeah, gonna yeah, start yeah. welding shit to shit. I'm It'll good. Be fine. That's a, yeah. Spencer will be over in like a heartbeat, man. Just mention Absolutely. that one time. Yeah, he knows how to do these things. Yeah, yeah. he's friends. If he doesn't, it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. My the way I look at it is, you can't complete it if you don't start cutting <laughs> shit out. So the first step is just cutting stuff out. But if you cut shit out, then you have to complete. You have to start. So the other part of it too. Yeah, self fulfilling deal. Right. You can't start until you destroy it first. So just you can't start unless you start. But once you've started, you have you're to. You're kind of screwed. You, you got to stick gotta through it. Get deep. past the point of no return. That's deep right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's my new mantra. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs>
Wow. Yeah. So anyway, it's uh, it's done other than some tinkering, and then I've got to do my angle mod, which is free monies. So I will show people how to do that. Yeah. You move. Doing some fabbing on that too. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh man, Hell yeah. look at this, this guy. Is all I do is like shit, son. My literally, I just sit in the garage, and go, "Can we cut this off and put it over here and do this?" And that's all I do anymore. So yeah, what you do is you move the pickup point for your um, for your steering rack, basically. So your your tie rods. You move that pickup okay. point back towards the hub, and in doing that, you increase your angle potential and you change the Ackerman of the front end. Which is something we want, right? Yeah, you want as close to zero Ackerman as possible on a drift car. Well, maybe not at... Well, yeah, I'll stick with that statement. You want you, close to zero Ackerman on a drift car. Do you know enough to explain Ackerman angle to me now? Yes. Can okay. I explain Please. Ackerman angle? Please Ackerman do, angle is... I don't know what it is. Okay. I know that it has to do with, like, as the more you turn the wheel, the wheel lays back or something like that? No, so Ackerman is, the best way to describe it is the difference in angle between the two front wheels in a turn. Yeah, Robbie's got a picture of it right there. So you can see from this picture, if you're watching on YouTube, I will describe it as well. But basically what it is is that if your car's at full lock, your two front wheels are actually at different angles. And that, and when you're turning a corner, that's to give you less rolling resistance. So there's an ideal angle for, you know, to turn a corner at a certain radius, there's an ideal angle for the inside wheel and an ideal angle for the outside wheel. So the idea is that you should have those ideal angles in your street car or even your race car because that'll give you the least rolling resistance and your car will be the fastest that way, less wear on the tires. In a yes. drift car, you're steering the opposite direction that you're going. <laughs> So that's all bullshit at that point, basically. <laughs> and actually what's happening is you're creating more rolling resistance in the front, which can cause understeer. Yes, so, which is the opposite of what we're after. We're, yeah, here. we're not looking for understeer because we want control of the front to, end of the car. According to your favorite person in the whole wide world, Tanner Faust. Yes. Who I know you love and adore. I do. What is he, <laughs> he going to say? Um, he he did an article in Grassroots Motorsports uh, like probably two, three years back about drift cars and stuff like that. And he said that most pro-level cars are actually set up at some level to have some understeer in them. Yeah, and I... Yeah, I think that's fair. I've never seen anybody say zero is good. Right. I think you still need some. But the, the other weird thing that's happening in a drift car is that when you start to add more angle, your Ackerman gets more dramatic... The angle right. between the two wheels, like where your your front inside wheel is basically pointing at 90 degrees and your other one maybe at 70, which is really weird. So you want to try to bring that in so that they're kind of similar. Now, what I'm going to do, in theory... 90 degrees of steering angle, Jesus Christ. He's going to forklift this thing. I'm going to forklift it. In th- so what I've seen, and hopefully this works... Well, I know that it works to some extent. What you can do is you can take that point where your tie rod connects and you can actually cut a section of it out and shorten it. A lot of people do that. Um, what I'm going to do, and I've seen somebody do it, is you can actually add a piece of tubing, more or less, to slide that tie rod through to make a new tie rod connection point without cutting it. It's just farther back, and then you could you brace it with, you know, steel plate or whatever. I'm going to try that first and see if that works because in that case, you would have two tie rod connection points where you could have like a road race setup and a drift pickup point, and then you would just need to adjust your front end alignment to make that work. That also sounds stronger. Yeah, it could be. Than cutting a tire yeah. out in half. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean... It's yeah, well, yeah. The 
it's the. So, I know it's a common practice. Yeah, but. on that on that drawing right there that Robbie's got, you see those two things that that point down and then actually connect to the tie rod, which in this case is like the steering rack thing. Right. That's what actually what you're shortening. So okay. that so that angle, that piece that the tie rod actually connects to, um, is at ninety degrees to the hub. This is way too technical to talk about as a. As a, radio, As a show. radio show, especially for us, right? Your hub, total morons. Your hub is at ninety degrees to this this tie rod connection point, and then your tie rod ties into that at ninety degrees. And so, what you're doing is you're actually shortening that connection point. You're bringing your tie rod connection point closer to the hub, and oh. that's what changes your Ackerman, and then changes your angle as well. So now your potential angle is greater, and you can add length to your tie rod in order to increase that angle as well. It took me a minute to catch that because, like, mine's the opposite. I can just unscrew everything and move the whole wheel out, and then I would just need longer tie rods. Oh, you can do that on yours? Yeah, I got fully adjustable everything. I could add, like, four inches just huh, uns- by, uns- by unscrewing. That would make shit. hella gap a lot easier. Oh, if you yeah. could just slide the, the yeah, whole yeah, wheel definitely. out two inches and then, you know, add some camber. Tip it, yeah, <laughs> tip it way in. I mean, that, that's what I was... Way out, that, Robbie. Way oh, out. Out. In, out, whatever. Out. Well, that's, that's what I was doing last weekend. I was struggling with that because I wanted to get three degrees of camber, so I had to have the bottom. Oh. I had to move yeah, the yeah, bottom yeah. of the wheel out to get the angle I wanted. So it's just a whole thing. Yeah, and to fix that on my car, I've got these, like, one-inch thick steel plates that just – they actually <laughs> extend the A-arm, and it just – it's going to lay those yeah. over. And then I can pull some camber back out at, at the plate, which is what I need to be able to do to have it kind of be somewhat adjustable. So that'll buy me some more room so I can have more adjustability at the top, both directions. So can you run out of steering rack? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. So what do you do then? Different steering rack, I guess. Like, is there a box that everybody goes, like, pro cars go to, do you know? or, uh, or like? No, I've not quite gotten that far yet. I know guys start changing the tie rods, and they'll do the tie rods that have that are bent. You know the yeah the ones that kind of form to the I don't know what exactly you're trying to avoid in their suspension parts basically the tension rod yeah no like no my, he's like the tie rods are actually bent to like my tension rods are bent right but I think his what I think on a, some of those drift cars those tie rods are curved to to clear yeah. go around your suspension wheel. parts yeah I think well I think they go around the um like the shock yeah I think that's shock mount I so think that's what they're avoiding yeah they're literally whoop, curved in the middle. Because what happens so is rotate, when that goes out... that tie rod's going to hit something. Yeah. Yeah, when that goes out, that, that tie rod moves towards the back it. of the car and starts to move towards your suspension part. So if it's curved, it won't hit the suspension. It cur- kind of curves around it. So you yeah. can get that stupid angle you get from, like, the Wisefab kids. Right. So sick. Yeah. I have no need for it, but they're so cool. They're pretty cool. They look cool. They're cool. I just, don't, I just can't spend $3,000. <laughs> That's the thing. It's insanity. If I can build it for, like... Twenty dollars in metal parts. I'm gonna try it. Just try that first. Worst case scenario, I know how to shorten them, or I could send them to villains and have them shorten them. Yep. So, how many people do you think are cruising around in their show cars with Wise Fab kits on them versus drifters who have uh, twenty dollars in metal parts and a welder? More in the first category. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of wonder how many of those kids that they sell actually end up on, like, serious amateur-level drift cars. Do, do I don't know do where... Do anybody that we know have Wise Fab kits? No. Or is everybody just doing, like, either cheap or homemade angle mods? Well, 
I the think Whedon. villains, their angle mod, which is just modifying the stock arms. What's I think villains, villains drift. Okay, uh, that's just the name of the company. I think their angle mod. Yeah, they're like more kind of like. I think they started out in like a guy's garage, and now it's right. a little bit more legit. But it's still kind of that. Right. Like they're building drift parts for normal people. I think theirs is like sixty degrees or something like that. I mean, it's quite a bit. And it's three hundred bucks, four hundred bucks. See, I just wonder, like, some of these companies that that build those crazy parts, like Wisefab, yeah, or like Varus or Voltex, yeah, body kits and stuff like that. Like, how are, who's buying this? Who's buying this? I don't know who's buying Wisefab yeah. angle kits. To be completely yeah. honest with you, uh, I don't know if I've ever actually seen one in person. I don't. I don't think I have either. But well, no, I have. Uh, but it's been on Ryan Turek's yeah that, GT86, yeah, and he got you know? it for free. Yeah. That's the that's, thing. All those, that's what I'm getting all the sponsor drivers have them. Yeah, and they're like all of at, them. at worst they're paying cost for them. Yeah. So, who actually buys? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, I don't know. Do they end up on BRZ show cars, or maybe guys down in Texas that take it a little more seriously? Maybe they buy them. California places with a little more money. I guess. But yeah, it's I've had that same thought too. I'm like, almost everybody runs Wisefab in pro. Who actually buys WiseFab though for them to be like a company and not a nonprofit organization? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. There's a lot of companies that that I, I look at them that way. Like they build awesome stuff, but it's wildly expensive. Who's buying this stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Not sure. But anyway, um, I bought uh, Zach Burt's wheels. I don't know if I ever you talked about that. Mentioned a little. Oh, yeah, bit. I know you drove over there. Yeah, I assume so, that's what you did. Was yep. bought. So I've got those. I've got two sets of seventeens now. I've got tires. I'm probably gonna buy some more tires, and I got I got stuff. I got. Is there anything else I need to do? I built that bash bar, which yep. was just kind of like a. I'm gonna build a bash bar, and I built a bash bar. <laughs> Dang it! You gonna build one for the front too, or? Yeah, I think so, but that's I'll probably do that next next winter. Would you something. tube the whole damn thing? When I turn the whole car into tubing. <laughs> like uh, Burt's front end, which is really cool. You just That's, unbolt it from the shock tower, and that front end just comes yep. off. I will be doing that at some point also. That's cool. But That's rad. Yeah. But, yeah, that turned out pretty good. I just yeah, There were some parts laying around, and I was like, well... Let's see if we can build one of these. And so, can you use it as a jack point now? Yeah, that's the point of the triangular piece. I of it. I think that's what most people use their bash bars for. They don't actually use them. They don't actually they run just into use people them to, yeah. to jack up their car. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm totally okay with. I'm I'm all about that. I'm one one on the back of the Omni for when I got to change wheels at the racetrack. Yeah, it's stuff. super handy. Makes sense. And the bumper fits over that one. Perfect. Fucking fitment, man. I was like, fuck yeah. God damn. On top so of shit. Was it, on top of shit. should sell those. Was it just a happy accident or did you No, no, no. I, no I tape measure with the bumper cover on underneath there, trying <laughs> to see how long I can make it. And then putting it, getting it fabbed up, tacked together, putting it on, putting the bumper back on. All right, take the bumper off. Put the thing on, do it again. Yeah. Should have jigged it and sold them, man. Could. It's still laying on the ground. Yeah, measure it out. You can do it. Quit your job. Fuck sell it. Just build bars. bash bars. Yeah. Roll cages. Could you imagine doing it for a living, though? Building cage like your cage. I mean, I suppose you get more five, ten, fifteen under your belt. You're just gonna yeah, and knock those them out, but yeah, damn. And you know, like Travis, those guys, he's got a he's got a master set. You know, he goes in there and this is my RX seven set, and he bends it up and right. off he goes, right. pre notches it, whole deal, tack tack tack. Yeah, they're. There are ways to build cages more efficiently than what I did, but I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. 
I mean, yeah, you it worked out fine. Yeah. You well, absolutely I mean, have to start somewhere. I think given the fact that, A, you certainly were not a proficient welder at the beginning of this. No. Nor a master fabricator. Definitely not a master fabricator. And uh, <laughs> you had no idea what you were doing. Yes. Zero. I think it turned out really, really nicely. Yeah, super, yeah. Super it good. looks good. It seems to fit well. Clearly, you've put the time into making sure that it's going to fit all of your possible racing Needs. sanctioning yes. bodies. I mean, what more can you ask for? A lot of people have done a lot worse. That's for damn sure. And so. I knew where my limits were. Like I'm, I can't do that. I'm not doing it. Yeah. No, I think I think it's something to be proud of. I think it looks cool. Yep. I'm looking forward to um, being welded up and putting the car back together. And are you gonna paint it some ridiculous put some red paint on it? Are you painting it red? Yeah, I think so. Fantastic. Nice. I think just painting nice. red to paint it red, even if I don't do the full. The full uh, oh, livery on the car. Oh, think, it's happening. You have to. I think Robbie's going to come over and do it in the night when <laughs> it's going to come in. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. When, when he says he has a night cut, I'll be like, hey. Yeah. He oh, absolutely. He doesn't, he doesn't really have a night cut. We're coming over. I'll get a hold of Dad. I think it would literally take like a few hours if two of us did it. I mean, like a day. Right, because you're not wrapping the whole damn thing. No, 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 no yeah, it's for like what four you're doing, pieces of vinyl. Yeah, yours wouldn't be bad. And yeah, it doesn't have to be not, perfect because the paint sucks anyway. So just And I'm not fixing anything. It's got dents in it. Just go. It's a race car. I'll order some red yeah. vinyl. I'll get it coming. That'd be so sick. I just need somebody to cut me some 10 tenths door stickers, which Zion can do for me. If only we knew a guy. If only we knew like 15 people. Yeah. If only we knew a guy. If only there's we that knew. guy. There's that guy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we'll do it. Why not? And that could be, we could do that whenever. We could do that in June. We could do it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be done right now. This weekend? So. What are you doing? Yeah. What? Well, Welding. I have, a, I have a birthday <laughs> party this weekend, so. Yep. I got to weld the top of that cage, so that's what I'm going to do. And then go through and clean, 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 clean all the weld spots, get everything ready yeah. to go, and then he's going to come in hopefully next week and get that shit done. But that's it. That's where the car's at. Already thinking about tearing other stuff apart. Serial car builder. It's coming. I feel it. It happens, <laughs> man. It happens. Next car I'm doing, though, is going to be a fucking Mustang. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Why? Because I feel like I could buy a better cage like that one that would fit better and... There's more space in there. <laughs> yeah. Like Seriously, a, like the a next, Fox body? Yeah, or? No, the next drift car I think will be a S197 or whatever they oh, are. Oh, okay. Like uh, the, the old The first Falcon. retro looking one. No, you're th- no, it'd be the one after that one. I Or no, is that all the same gen? The Falcon, J, JTP's Falcon. The blue and green. That one, that is what that's I would build. That's an S197. Is it? That's what I would build. Because that car's, God, it's sick. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. So that's I don't that, know how I feel about that. That would be my. <laughs> I gotta leave the coyote in it, or you should no. I, no, I you should that. absolutely leave no, no, the coyote. No, 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 no. Are you a madman? What's wrong with you? Yes. I'm gonna put the yeah, LS2 yeah, yeah. from the Trailblazer. <laughs> yeah. Now put a coyote in the Trailblazer. Yeah. Just switch. Shit getting wild in here. <laughs> switch them. They said I couldn't, so I did. <laughs> that's that's the right attitude. <laughs> that's what you should build for your next drift ride. Is that the Trailblazer? Yeah. Ah, it's too, it's too I, I really think it's too top heavy. Just needs to come down a long way. Well, so <laughs> if I was going to build that into something, it would be a one lap car. I've already looked yeah. at what it would take to put a roll bar in it. Because I wonder. You don't need a roll bar for one lap. I might want a roll bar. You, want. <laughs> you saw the, that picture. Yeah, yeah, saw that. yeah, exactly. yeah I was like, eh, just a bar with a brace would be nice. Something like to make what it sleep. Like, yeah, like what I got. Like, yeah, yeah, per, yeah. Auto night. bar style. Well, the thing that is, you can't, it can't take up too much space. You need that for cargo. And I, yeah, parts. no, I had that thought already. <laughs> Been down this road. 
Can you have trailers in one lap like you can with Drag Week? I don't think you can. I think you can because the aerial, the aerial Yeah, yeah, you, they did, didn't it's they? Small, it's small. Yeah, no, they have a regulation the, size, I'm sure. Not the ultimate GTR, but the, the Ultima's had... The, uh, the better one. The the slower ones had the little... <laughs> the slower GTRs. They the driver, frankly. They had the little motorcycle uh, trailers. Yeah, them. yeah. Yeah, I wonder if you can only do like a two-wheel trailer. I'm, or sure, it's be. I'm sure there's a size limit just like Drag Week. Hey, if you can pull a gooseneck behind your GTR... Have at it. Go for it. I feel like that should be what it is. Like, whatever your vehicle is capable of towing, you can can tow tow. that. I think that's fair. Seems reasonable. You couldn't do that drag week because those things, I mean. Yeah. No. They they make like a million horsepower and about an equivalent amount of torque. And they, well, they don't have any brakes, so I don't know that you'd want to tow. Yeah, probably not. A lot of drag cars don't have brakes. At least with one lap, those cars have good brakes. You get brakes. Anyway, that's it for me. I got brakes. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. You got I, some brakes. I replaced uh, my rotors with DBA uh, rotors, and then I also got is it power power stop track pads, tracky pads. They're uh, quite grippy. Yeah, I Did went they scare I, you. I, I went <laughs> I went out to seat them the other day after I installed. Well, I've been installed a while ago. But took them out to seat them and get everything ready, and uh, I just did the sixty to ten. Uh, what, what do you call that? Seating them. Yeah, bedding. 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 There we go. Yeah, when I was betting, I was uh, 60 to 10. Uh, the first time I did that, I just locked up the brakes and slid. <laughs> Smoke everywhere. I'm like, oh, okay then. Greg, I learned threshold braking A little bit. Now. Can't just smash that pedal anymore. Yeah. So they're better. Good. So I shouldn't have that issues I was having on the Iowa Speedway. Like where I was some, losing brake towards the end. Some real brake fluid in there and stuff like that. Yeah. But no, I mean, nothing too crazy. It's just... I replaced them. That's all I got. Did you figure out what you're doing? No. 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 Those options we talked about are still out there? Uh, nothing the has changed of- for, in okay. the last week. I'm Mostly at this point, I'm waiting for uh, for my tax return to come in and everything in my world to stop failing so I know what I have to actually buy. <laughs> I get that. No more appliance I, failures? I have to figure out what I'm going to do about a fridge because right now a fridge is more important than a car. Dang it. Says the fiance girlfriend. Well, I mean, <laughs> you man, always say you can sleep in a car. You can't race a house, so yeah. Well, a man can only eat. live on uh, uh, Doritos those, for so long. Those little, like Hormel, throw yeah. them in the microwave. They don't have to be. What uh, the hell are those? They're like you get like mashed potatoes and beef. Oh, really? And they're. Okay. Even by my standards, food like. (laughs) Even by my standards, they're just. I mean, they're tolerable. It's better. There's no expiration date, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. So is this like this is like rations then, basically? Yeah, it's basically like a step above MREs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm subsisting on right now. Fair enough. Yeah. Refrigerator. Like a refrigerator that's a, that's first. That's a fair priority. Yep. yep. And then and then we'll figure out what we're going to do about cars. Fix the distributor, the Unilite. Yep. We talked about we did talk about Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, that's guess. like third or fourth down the list Dang at this point. Daily stuff. Daily talked stuff about the has daily to stuff. go first, yep. unfortunately. Being responsible, man, sucks. Dude, don't even ugh. My life is a series of failures and catastrophic <laughs> events here lately, so I, I work it, like dude. 55 hours a week and still can't keep up. So, <laughs> Jesus Busy Christ. man. Busy man. Ugh. Shoot me now. <laughs> we don't need to go down my That's fine. Party, That's though. all right. 
So. Hey, we got you got a plan though. Somebody, I've already had offers from local fans to help me with motor swapping and, and <laughs> oh, stuff that, like that. Putting superchargers so. on things and that as well. Yeah, people NOS. are giving me bad ideas about my blower on my Omni that I can't keep run, running. And we'll get it. We're gonna have. Yeah, it's gonna be a good day. We're gonna get that going. I I really really want to. I am not. It's it's only been shelved. It's not been abandoned. No, no fear, people. No. But uh, I don't know when it will actually happen. I really just want to get a clean season under my belt before I go crazy. Blow up another motor. That is fair. Three motors in less than a calendar year is just a little. That's too a much. lot of motors. <laughs> I need to calm down. I think. I had one of those years. I blew it. What did I blow up? I blew up the Fiat, and then we blew up the '68. I don't think oh, I did that. Right. Maybe I did do that. And then blew the power steering. On the six. No, there was a part. No, that the valve guides on that went out. Oh, really? Yep. Because that was the valve guides on the. Fiat, Fiat was also too, the valve guides. It? Yep. And then, what else? Oh, I crashed the motorcycle, and then I think I did one more thing. So yeah, I went through like three or four cars one year. So it's lucky not for fun. you though, none of those were the thing. You none of those were my deal. Well, the Volkswagen may have been in the mix at that point, which that thing was a. No, because you had the Veloster as long as I've known you, and I was around the year the the year of the valve guides. Unless oh, okay. that's happened more than once on the Fiat. Well, the the valve guides on the Fiat went out twice, like okay, when I first got it, not. and then no, this was the, this was the second go around. Okay. Um, no, so you were the, in the, the Veloster at that. Yeah, point. the new plan on the valve guides is that you buy them, the hardened ones, and yeah. you give them to the machinist, and right. you say, "Put these valve guides <laughs> right. in the heads." And then you stand there and you watch them do it. <laughs> that worked this time around. Apparently, uh, LS ones fit in my car, in my Omni. So Ooh, that's bizarre. It's or the maybe right it's size, apparently. seats. Maybe it's valve seats. I don't remember. There's some there's some LS part that you use, and then apparently they put those honeycomb shaped valve, uh, actual valves, yeah, uh, yeah, springs, yep, the yep, springs, yep. which apparently are a better design. They put those in the PT Cruiser, so that's a common mod is to get PT Cruiser valve <laughs> springs and put them in your car. Bizarre. And then uh, then you can rev a little higher. Hmm. Nice. Put a, put a big old monster of a cam in there. Can you get those from Rock Auto for like $4 yeah, or something? Yeah, probably. Perfect. That's the best way to do it. I know, right? Order your performance parts from Rock Auto, which I've ordered they have a full sets of brakes. I was going to say, they have a surprising amount of like mild performance parts. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. what brakes I got. They might have been stop tech. Yeah, I think they were stop tech. Yeah. Why not? Sure, I'll give it a try. So, anyway, is that it? Should we do some news? Yeah. Let's do some news. <coughs> Jeremy Clarkson also appreciates real journalism, as it turns out. <laughs> That's one way to put it, I guess. So the Daily Mail claims, and if you don't know what the Daily Mail is, it is... Uh, the National Enquirer of, basically. of yes. Britain? Yeah, but it seems more mainstream. They're not talking I think it's about a, aliens and no, no. I just think it's a guilty pleasure that's somewhat acceptable. Whereas here, if you see somebody reading the National Enquirer, you'll like walk down the other side of the street. You know what I mean? I've I've bought a National Enquirer. Have too. you? I think everybody <laughs> has, haven't they? I've never bought one. I've I don't flipped think I, through. It's them. too funny not to. It's terrible. But I think people take it more seriously there. See, I buy when we go on road trips. I buy a National Enquirer. Robbie buys a Maxim. That's just the type of people. It's true. We I are. usually buy Maxim. It's just the type of people we are. That's fair, I suppose. There's a couple different kinds I, of people in the I world. I enjoy alien conspiracies, and Robbie looks at Maxim. You fill in the blanks. Cars and models. Cars and models are not a bad thing <laughs> on a road trip, to be fair. So anyway, this guy, uh, I don't know, what is his name? Gordy? 
George George D. <laughs> it looks like George D. I think it's Gordy. Gordy yeah, Gray. George, 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 George D. George D. George George D. George 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 Greg, which is the first name, said that <laughs> what did he say exactly? Um there's nothing to suggest that they're they are going to do another one, meaning series or whatever what are we whatever we call it. Season. Season, Season. thank you. No one has signed anything, and employees are wondering where everyone will go when filming wraps. It's a very vague statement, if you think about it. So he's implying season four is not going to happen. He literally said no one has signed anything, which that could mean... Which makes sense. Is that whatever. They haven't even filmed season three yet. Yeah, right. calm down a little bit. <laughs> and that's what uh, uh, Andy said, the executive producer. He's like, We're, we, just fin- we just finished. Like, what do, you, what do you want from us? So Yeah, um, some time here. Yep. So anyway, Clarkson said on Twitter, because Clarkson is good at Twitter, um, it's so sad that George Die, Greg, was f- <laughs> is about to be fired as editor of the Daily Mail on Sunday. I rather liked him. <laughs> and then, then, he, then he followed it up with, sorry, George Die, I may, ha- I may have published something which is horseshit. Annoying, isn't it? <laughs> I, liked, I like that he's calling him out. I mean, if it's, I think he does this with the Daily Mail all the time, but it's probably. it was relevant to what we talk about, and it was funny, and so yeah. there it is. Well, yes, his other one Jeremy was Jeremy Clarkson being Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, his other tweet was, "Don't believe the fucking mail." That too, <laughs> plain and simple. At least he didn't hit anybody this time, so he might have been thinking We're about getting it better. If, well, yeah. he hasn't met this Jordi yet. Gord, Gordy, Jordy, Gord. Maybe it's Jordy. G- Jordy, Go- Jordy, Gordy, Jordy. Great. Spell it out. G-, G. Yeah, good point. G E O. R D I E, it's George and Die Die together. <laughs> die George. It well, is though. It's George Die George Die. That's what it looks like. Maybe the second G is soft. There's no second G. Oh, I thought there was. No. Oh. There's a G and Greg. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. Just call him Mr. Greg. Mr. Yeah, Greg. How, how about we let him film season three first, and then we'll just worry yeah. about season yeah, four and after that. Andy said that they're going to do season three, so I mean, and I don't, I mean, I think season the two was great. Contract was for three. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. And season two was great. So, what's everybody worried about? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident about season three. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. All right, moving on. Quick one. Number of people buying hybrid and electric vehicles isn't growing very fast. It's not growing at the, the media, pace that you might expect. Yeah, the media makes yeah. it sound like it's leaps and bounds. Like every, that's everybody's. I mean, if Everyone's you're buying got, a car, it's a hybrid or an EV, right? It has to be. It's all. Yes. So basically, um, two point six percent of all new cars sold in the U.S. were alternative fuel in twenty seventeen. The national average. N- yes, sir. National average versus one point seven in twenty fourteen. So three year gap there. Statistically, I don't know if that's even a different number. It doubled. Percentage wise, one point seven to two point six, so point nine. It's a pretty s- small growth. Yes, and the highest adoption rate, which I thought this was low, California at seven point five. That's it. So everybody talks about how, like, when you're in California, Teslas are everywhere. It's, it's Teslas and Priuses, as far as the eye can see. Yeah, but I think it's just that you notice perception. Them. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's like when you buy a car, like, oh, no one has these. And then you buy it, and it's literally all Everybody has it. yeah. Literally everybody has a tan blazer. That's all yes. I see. <laughs> right, exactly. It's out of control. So many of them. So I don't know what you can extrapolate from that information. It was just interesting, I guess. It was not what I expected. I would have thought the national average would be closer to 
seven point five in California would have been fifteen. Yeah, I'm, I maybe am you know new car sales maybe everywhere. even yeah. higher than that, maybe twenty, like barely over one. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not even a st- significant number when you talk about how many vehicles are sold. Like, cause even our show here, like, we have an EV news article almost every week because that's what's out there. That's what all people the, are. That's, that's all, all they talk about. Talk about. I actively avoid them, and I still can't. Right. So, okay. just food for thought. Nothing more than that. I don't think. Yeah, maybe that. Uh, maybe that industry isn't as rocking and rolling as everybody thinks it is. Yeah, we'll see if these maybe multi-billion-dollar investments come back or not. Yeah, and maybe if gas goes back to five dollars a gallon, then you know. Things will change. Well, yeah, that's that. Okay. That would change things. That's I think I, that's the only thing that'll truly change things. Yeah. It would be interesting to see that number in, say, the UK. Yeah, what that looks their like, gas difference-wise, it comparatively, is out of control. Yes, absolutely. There was there was somebody. Uh, well, I don't know if it was this article or it was a different article I read that they commented that they're that he is <laughs> a very engineering answer. I don't know. I assume he is, but he wrote that his next door neighbor bought a brand new Prius at like. Thirty-four thousand dollars or something, and he did the math that if he would, if they would have bought like this other car, at I think I think I read that comment. It was a Camry hybrid versus a non-hybrid Camry. Thank you. The price difference between the Thank two. Thank you. That's exactly right. That's what he was comparing. Yes. So the price difference in order for you to start breaking even was three hundred forty thousand miles at the current gas price. Yeah. Right. And the other problem too is that they they're starting to roll back the incentives. Yes. So you don't get as many incentives as you used to. So. Plus all these, all the electricity used to make the batteries go is from coal refineries. So whatever. It's whatever. Yeah. It's not very green <laughs> as it turns out. There's a lot of wind farms out there too. I mean, it's getting better yeah, here. It's a percentage. Yeah. In a lot of places it is coal. Yeah. Coal. So clean, coal. clean coal. Clean coal. So anyway, I guess we'll see how that develops, but that Let's was just yeah. interesting fact. Cadillac CEO blames those damn youths for poor car sales. I I don't know that and I have much to say about what his comments on. You mean the teenagers aren't buying new Cadillacs? <laughs> Weird, shocking. <laughs> the the what, what's the lowest price? Like forty five thousand dollars for a new one? Probably. probably. Well, yeah, probably. No, I would guess an ATS. Probably a base model two liter ATS can't be. How about thirty five? Thirty five, thirty six. Let's say. Oh. Your, your lowest level isn't getting sold to the teenagers at 36? Yeah, because who buys a base model ATS? Who buys a base model Do they model even actually Cadillac? make those? Because, like, if you... I'll bet you, if you look at a base model Cadillac and a similarly priced but optioned up Buick or Chevy product, you'd take that over the Cadillac any day because of the option package you're going to end up in. Absolutely. Same chassis. Yeah. So... Part of his excuse was that People are not buying high-performance sports sedans because our road infrastructure is so poor. Isn't the, like the Kia Stinger doing really well? I have no idea. Yeah, and actually, they they're selling more Genesises than they are Genocide. selling Genesi than they are selling equivalent Lexuses. Can Lexi. you believe that? Lexi. I looked up that information because I was like, how many how many Genesis cars are they really selling? They're selling more Genesis. Um, like the what? G80s and the G90s, then they're selling Lexus ES and GSs. Really? Yeah. Wow. I would never have called that. Yep. Because I don't know that I... I couldn't believe it. I, was I don't the, know that I noticed them. It's hard for me not to notice a Lexus with that... Stupid that face. Predator face going yeah. on there. But I was like... That is good looking, Bob. Damn. That's crazy. 
So I, don't, I mean, is that a performance today? I don't know. Maybe, but anyway, the point is, he's I saying. I think that it's performance I, I oriented think that to some. If extent. you are shopping a CTS, that you would cross shop a Genesis. I don't see why that those two don't intersect. Right, because you're not, especially if you're getting their. What was that? The Genesis. There's the G80 Sport. Do they still have a V8 one? No, but now they've got that sweet that twin, twin turbo, turbo motor. V6. Yeah, so that, I mean, I don't and see why you wouldn't cross shop those two vehicles. No, that and the seems Sport reasonable. is killer looking. It's crazy. Yeah. So, but his claim is that the roads are so poor, people are responding by buying softer vehicles. Isn't that what a Cadillac is like a? Uh, no, like, Cadillac is America's BMW, and they're built on the Nurburgring, and they're probably terribly uncomfortable when it comes to ride uh, quality. I always thought Cadillac was like the comfortable ride. There's no such thing as a comfortable pillowy car anymore. Yeah, I don't think that there really is. Cadillac, go back, go back to that. No, right? no, 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 no. I want them to make stupid, fast things. Well, they, but they can I do also both. want them to make pillowy, luxury, floaty cars. Well, apparently they don't make those. With velour interiors and... Johan... Oh my God, uh, <laughs> Johan! Where are these people getting these names? It's Johan D E N Y S S C H E N Nishin Nishin. His last name is Nissan. Johan <laughs> D Nissan. He works for the wrong company, clearly. Yeah, he should work for Nissan. He's the Cadillac CEO. He he's saying they make sports sedans and the roads are bad. And I won't disagree with the roads being bad, but do you th- we're all do you on the think, same bad Do you roads. think? Okay. Whether or not his point about Cadillacs is true or not, do you think the roads are bad enough to influence people's buying decisions? Honest question. I, don't I think in certain places, I bet you they are. So, like, I saw a couple of weeks ago there was a video that was floating around social media um, on the interstate in Michigan, in Detroit. There was a pothole that was so big and so bad that when a semi-truck would hit it, it would literally jump and skip into the other lane. Neat. <laughs> and it was causing pe- – like somebody in, a, in an Escalade, funny of all things, uh, went through it, lost control of the vehicle, and drove it up an embankment. <laughs> So okay. this, it's it's no longer a pothole. It's, it's, it's just a hole in a the road. Pot chasm. Yeah, you, you have a light canyon, it's a, it's, sir, yes, in the middle yeah. of the road. So could we address people, this? You, you could put an ascetic outlook over it and you look put a out railing across around its it, vastness, get like one you're of those, at the Grand Canyon. Those quarter operated uh, binoculars, yeah. and you and can it, call it an attraction. I think at that point you le- legitimately have to concern yourself about ride height clearance when you're driving down the road every day. And when you're bumper to bumper doing 70 miles an hour, you don't have enough space. I mean, maybe this is a because we all suck as drivers. If you don't have enough space to know that that's coming and make an evasive maneuver accordingly. And I mean, it's not like you can dodge to the other lane. There's probably the car, a car there. there. Yeah, I've done it here. I mean, there's so, bad, there's roads bad enough, you know, in Des Moines proper or wherever that they've got holes in them. And you accidentally hit them. There's one right. <laughs> this shows this shows how I think when I drive. There's one right on the apex <laughs> for the <laughs> corner as you're entering the uh the East Mixmaster going from uh thirty five eighty to thirty five northbound. Okay. Uh if you are apexing right. that corner, you'll drag your your uh passenger side tire right through that pothole and it's big enough that that you'll It'll jar the you. car. And so that's 
quote, a 45-mile-an-hour corner, which you can easily take at the 70-mile-an-hour assumed speed, speed limit. limit. Yeah. But if you hit that pothole... It's a bad day. If you're not ready for it, things could go wrong very quickly. So maybe not around here because we don't have... I mean, we're even in, like, one of the larger cities in this state, and we really don't have an insane amount of traffic as compared to, like... Los Angeles, right. New York, those big mm-hmm. Chicago, those big cities. I'll bet their roads are in such a state of disrepair because we can barely keep up and we don't have nearly the volume. Right. That might be a legitimate thing depending on where you live. I think he could have a, a point there. I just don't. I mean, if you're going to buy a luxury sedan, why would you buy a Cadillac? Again, not a rhetorical question, an honest question. Why would you buy a Cadillac instead of a BMW or a Mercedes or whatever? I wouldn't buy a BMW. I would seriously look at a Mercedes. I would probably seriously look at some of the Korean offerings. I might even go look at a Lincoln. Apparently, they're selling like hotcakes. Apparently, they're quite a car. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I'd at least look at it. I don't know that I'd buy it. But... Cadillac's probably a few down on my list, unless I'm specifically looking for supercharged LS things. Right. The compelling reason to buy a Cadillac is to buy a V-Series. I don't know that you... At which point, I'd probably buy a VET. Fair enough. But, I mean, it's... it's, Why why would you spend the money? You know, I don't know. I don't know why you would. Every time I've looked at one, I go... That's fine. But if it doesn't have V after it, I don't really want it. Like the ATSV, the coupe, the four door, awesome, great car. I think the interior is a little annoying because everything's like touch, so it's kind of a bit obnoxious. And knobs and real things. So it's a little annoying. It's fake, like faux buttons. Of course they are. But then you go in, you go sit in a Mercedes, and it's yeah, it's more expensive. But you're like, oh my god, this is so much better. It's on Might a completely be different level. Yeah, there's a reason you pay a premium for a Mercedes because it's better. And I'm sorry if you like BMWs, they just, they don't, they're not playing the same game. And I would say the same thing about Audi, that they're just not, they're not on quite the same plane. I don't plane. know what it is about BMWs, but they just do not interest me. No, I'm right there with you. I think you. they're way overpriced. I just can't. If somebody was like, you can have an M5 or you could have a, you could have a C63 or an E63 AMG. Oh, yeah, you couldn't have sure. gotten me. Yeah, there's no, I mean. I would the, run the so sentence, fast with that Mercedes. The sentence wouldn't be, be over. The sentence wouldn't be over before I had done a burnout past you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you wouldn't do a burnout in the, in the Benz because they probably won't let you. It, it, shit, that, yeah, maybe not. But still, even if the BMW is a better car to drive, it both those cars are so damn fast. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't fucking matter. No, at that point, you're splitting hairs. Right. Which one do you like being in more? Buy that one. Right. Because you're not Randy Popes. You're not... It no. doesn't matter. You're and not taking to a Even if you are, those are not competitive cars. I don't think they are either. I mean, they I claim mean, that they are, they're but... They're too big. Well, I mean, like... Oh, competitive race-wise. You're not going to yeah. show up at a track day and, and turn out some track records... No. ...in an E63 or an M5. You're just not going to. No. They're huge. They're luxury They're yachts. Freaking huge. Yeah. They're designed to do burn. You're better off taking it to that Australia burnout contest thing. Sort it of might be a good better. use for one. That'd be sweet. <laughs> but if it was my money, I would I would buy the Genesis. I mean, like I like Korean cars. That's fair. But it's cheaper, and I think it's 
better equipped. I think it looks better. Your money goes a lot farther. Your money goes a lot farther. You can get a bigger car if you want, or you can spend less money or whatever. I just don't think there's a good... I don't, I don't think Cadillac's... The, the V-Series thing was good, but from a marketing perspective, I think they need to seriously sit down and go, why would anybody buy a Cadillac? You know what they really need to make? They need to make a Raptor Escalade. That's so. So it fast. probably it's actually really it's would. So fast. Because people buy Raptors out the wazoo, but Ford doesn't make an equivalent version as an SUV. No. And you could have fancy, you know, people love fancy. Dude, could you imagine a luxury... $120,000 Raptor es- Cadillac. Raptor Cadillac <laughs> Escalade thing? Yeah. The sad thing is they'd sell all of them. I know. I really think that they would. So here's what I have to say to... to Mr. Nissan. Nissan. <laughs> uh, instead of complaining about why you can't sell cars, fix it. You've identified why people don't want to buy your cars. Seems like pretty easy things to fix to me. Fix it. Yeah, you don't appeal to young people, and your ride's too hard. I wouldn't worry about appealing <laughs> to young people, first no, of all. No, not with a Cadillac. Let's appeal to your demographic, first of all. Who gives a shit about Well, his point may have more been that his, he doesn't like the demographic. He thinks it's too old, or his demographic's too narrow. So how do you well, why, like if your demo, if your if your average age is fifty, and BMW's average age is forty three? Why? Because BMW sells a cheap car. Well, I, I don't know about cheap. They have a more entry level vehicle. You know, Audi, Audi, Mercedes, and BMW, the German big three, they have a much wider range than Cadillac. They have so their average cars. ages yeah. are going to be lower. They have a lot more cars. They're going to sell a lot more. If you're going to look at, if you're going to compare yourself to, to one of those three companies, then you need to be looking at yourself as GM, not as Cadillac. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like you said, why would you buy a cheap Cadillac when you could get a Buick or a, Buick, a Chevy? You know, okay, so... The brand's not great. But. I think there's nothing... I don't have anything against Buick. I think that they're all right. Luxury, middle-of-the-line cars. That's what they're supposed to be, and I think they're perfectly good at being that. I don't know if I could buy one. I know it sounds really weird. <laughs> my my big thing is that... I mean, it still has that Buick Regal 75-year-old grandma. Yeah, I know. If I'm stuck it's behind someone Buick. doing 45 and a 55, it's probably a Buick and stick. And it sucks because the GS is really nice. It's so good. <laughs> and it's got huge, stupid wheels Josh and Brembos. loves and you're his. Just, I, I look, I'm like, yeah. You get yeah. it with a stick and they make yeah. a ton of power. Why wouldn't you buy one of these? And then, But if it was my money and I was in the dealership and they're like, okay, are we going to sign the paperwork? I'd be like, no. So, so here's a question for you. I actually almost did this article, but we're here, so fuck it. Uh, next year, I read that Buick will not be putting their name on their cars, just the logo, just the Buick symbol, but not the word Buick, because they think that that'll change the way that people look at those cars. Does that matter to you? No. You still have to tell people what it is. <laughs> Everyone knows it's still a Buick. Tell okay, everybody so it's an Opal. Here's a weird thing. That's what I was going to do to my dad to trick him into getting a GS. Because we're here to tell the whole world everything. It's why I know about Genesis stats. Because I'm kind of uh, a stinger the- Genesis. I'm kind of wondering. Yeah. And so I kind of want to wait till the Genesis. There's more certified pre-owned Genesis available. <laughs> because for some reason there's a little thing that's like, don't buy the... Hyundai by the Genesis. That's I don't right. know They're why. They're not the same now, aren't they? They're not the same, but I don't know why. It's the same car. It doesn't like, say it doesn't say Hyundai on it at all. I think it's the same. They just now it's a Genesis. Yeah, oh, they okay. just it was a marketing. Now thing it's a G ninety. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Marketing is a powerful thing. It's difficult. It is difficult. As a if as a retailer, that would be hard. Why don't they call the Buick the Land Shark or something? It's, it's now Land Shark. Okay. Just make it. What Got if it. they called it a Vauxhall or an Opal? If they call it, you know what? Oddly enough, if they called it either one of those, I'd probably buy one. <laughs> that wouldn't bother you. No. I wonder. I should ask. And it is. It is a Vauxhall of all things. I should ask. I know. It's literally. It it is. It is a Vauxhall chassis that GM grabbed because they own it and brought it here and put a Buick badge on it. Yep. So. But there used to be a guy that worked in my office that had a Buick, and I think it was a Regal, and they used to call it the grandma car. So I just, you know. (laughs) That's because they are. My grandma owned one. Nine times out of ten. Five, ten years ago, if you got stuck behind someone doing five, ten miles an hour under the speed limit on a two-lane road, Buick. it was a Buick Le- Regal with Fucking, a 3 point Remember the Le Sabres? Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the big Sabre, ones. the Regal, all oh, that boy. stuff, man. And then they made they made that uh, smoking Grand Prix chassis, supercharger, basically. supercharged Regal for a while, too. Yeah, so they the made... Sleeper. Basically, anything that they made with the Grand Prix, they made as a Buick as well. Yeah. So if you could get... You got the supercharged 3.8 liter, you could get that in the Buicks. Yeah. And then for a little while, you could get them with North Stars. Right. So that lacrosse, they have those fender vents, those yep. fake ones. Yep. The six cylinders had three on each side, and the V8s had four, and that was the only like major oh. aesthetic difference between the two. Hmm. Anyway. You acknowledge. Yeah, no kidding. Boom. Weird stuff there. This is the obscure shit that people come to this podcast for. <laughs> Somebody's like super pumped because we're talking about V8 and supercharged Buicks, though. You just I know. know it. <laughs> That's the thing. We don't talk about chassis codes for 911s. We talk about how many portals are on a Buick. That's why you come to this show. because that's what I know. You don't know listen to whatever. <laughs> the there's, nine other podcasts that talk about Porsches. Say, there's a dozen other Porsche podcasts. Yep. I, if you need uh, some help finding them, send me a message and Still. I'll direct you away. Anyway, <laughs> won't get into that. I really do want a 911. You guys suck. Dude, there was, there <laughs> yeah. was somebody ripping around uh, Nevada with a GT3. Really? Like a 996. Six. The, the, the blobby s- one. The scrambled egg. Yep. Uh, that I think either those things sound fucking bad from the factory or. Or it was straight. He cut all the exhaust off. But it had a GT3 logo on the back, and I saw it as it went ripping by my house. But they, like, you could hear him across town, just like he'd go from a stoplight and just bang first, second, right off the rev limiter and into third. I'm like, dude, calm the fuck down. (laughs) It's Nevada, dude. Good time. This sounds not that big. It's like 4,500 people that live here, and there's four cops. You need to calm down. They will find you, trust me. (laughs) Anyway. DOT helmet standards for motorcycles are wildly out of date. Uh, I had no idea it was this bad. It's so I bad. I knew they were bad, but not it's to scary, this level. scary, isn't it? A uh, couple of quick facts on this. The standard was written in 1974. Which was copied from another standard that had nothing to do with helmets. Perfect. <laughs> and I think in 1974, there were still some doctors that recommended cigarettes. So you, know, you have to take that year with yeah. a grain of salt. That was yeah. when they started to figure out that bumpers helped people in crash. That was yeah. like the first year seat for big belts, bumpers and seatbelts. were and, yeah. not even a thing yet. Yeah, so, you know, that's the quality. The glory days. Yeah, right. Back when you died like a man. It was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Safety third. Where we're going, we don't need no airbags. Uh, the DOT rating does not test for visor impact rollover or strength of the chin bar, which is really shocking. Kind of critical. Right. I mean, I know they're not on all helmets, but... 
when you do have one, you would help hope that it would protect the front of your face. Well, then another big thing there is that this is not like a sanctioning body that tests on themselves. The manufacturer tests them and then puts a sticker on themselves, which is yep. obviously means they don't test it. Right. <laughs> or even uh, if they do, like maybe it's... It's safe in this spot. We're 85% the test. of the way there. Sticker. There's a, there is an incentive for a inexpensive manufacturer to cut corners potentially without put it that way absolutely um so yeah that is uh that's quite shocking but there are you know sanctioned events that allow you to use dot rated motorcycle helmets which is so i think that this is a culture of motorcycle riders issue fuck it well so many a lot of them don't even want number one most I th- I think I can safely say most states at this still at this point in time do not require helmets. I know the one we live in does not. Let me look. Yeah, I don't know. If, what uh, we talked secondly, about before. even if they are required, most of the people who are required to wear them still hate them. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's legitimate uh, like clubs and groups of people that I can't think what it's called, but they're li- all the, it's their whole sole purpose is to be completely against helmet right. laws. Yeah. And so, at the end of the day. As a manufacturer or a government agency, why spend the money when nobody gives a shit anyway? 19 states and the District of Columbia have laws requiring motorcycles to wear a helmet known That's as the enough. Universal Helmet Law. Laws requiring only some motorcyclists to wear a helmet are in place in 28 states. I don't know if that means if it's like age. I'm betting that's like mopeds. You got If you're under the age of 16, you got to wear a helmet if you're on a moped. There is no motorcycle helmet use law in three states, Illinois... Can't have a gun, but you can. You don't have to wear a helmet. <laughs> Iowa and New Hampshire. Yeah, buddy. Go Iowa. No. Nope. So take that for what it's worth. Anyway, that's that's the law as it stands currently. But even if you live in a place where you are required, which sounds like a large percentage probably do, they hate them. They find literally the smallest helmet that you could possibly wear. Yeah. Yep. Those brain bucket things, yeah. like we used to call them. That's what we called them in the when I did my motorcycle class. Because when you crash, your brain will just sit in them on the right, road. and they'll just scoop it up in there and yeah, take it take to the it corner. To, yeah, but it's convenient, I, really. You know, I don't understand the point of why the IIHS or whoever it's supposed to be that governs this. Why they wouldn't? If I mean, if you choose to wear a helmet or you are willing, wearing a helmet, why would you? Would somebody actively say? Yes, I want to wear one that does nothing, more or less. I mean, if if you have to go, if you're either being required to wear one or you want to wear one, if you get in a crash, you're going to want to know that it at least protects you. You know, if you actively make the decision not to wear one, that's your own risk. But yeah, if you have one on, wouldn't you want it to protect you, no matter if it's forced or not? Well, yeah. When I when I first started doing autocross, and they said it had to be Snell rated. I'm like, well, what's wrong with DOT? That's for motorcycles. That's literally between you and the ground. My thought process was, if it's for motorcycles, it's going to be safer than for cars, which is completely fucking bad. That's what you would think, right? I would think that they would put more effort into a motorcycle helmet than they would a car helmet. I don't know why I thought that way, but that's but just, there that's there just are some rate, you know, I don't know, they're less legitimate, but they let you wear motorcycle helmets. Yeah, they do. The group we raced that with at, at uh, Marshalltown, it was literally yeah. just a helmet. Yeah, it didn't have to be rated for shit. No, and a, and a lot of people use those bullshit. Motorcycle helmets, because they are probably already had it. Right. No. Yep. So I don't know. We need somebody needs to work on this. <laughs> it's just pretty stupid. Yeah. yeah. It's surprising just, it, in the in a day and age where where so much of our society is, especially around 
vehicles is driven by safety. Well, even just helmets in general. I mean, they're putting so much money into like football helmets to try to stop concussions. Right. I mean, but we're not putting any money or any time into motorcycle helmets. Right. I feel like that's important. You get a helmet with a heads up display, though. Yeah. I don't, I guess, how long does the motorcycle bubble last Exist? where they, they get to get away with murder? And B- because, you know, like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, that too. You know, they say, well, they're actively participating or deciding to take this risk or whatever. Okay. I'm actively Fine. deciding to take the risk by driving my car too, though. It's so different. Yeah. So why do they get to get away with murder? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it could just be just a, a matter of someone needs to be pushing it from an education standpoint. So, like, if someone's going, you know, if you're going to get a helmet, seriously look at what the rating means. Maybe buy a Snell helmet. Right. Because maybe that is a safer helmet. Right, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if someone's going to go, like, they just look at it and they go, oh, it's DOT rated. It's safe. But they, do, they have no idea what it's tested for. They don't know what makes it DOT rated versus a Snell rating. I mean, if you would ask me a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. I wouldn't have a clue. I don't know now. I generally know now. What I, is it? I guess, what is the difference? Just Snell is safer. Like, they test it for more stuff. Like, again, side, face shield impact. Okay. Because like, in the video that it shows... He takes a wrist rocket and just shoots like a marble right through the visor, and, and it smashes the the watermelon that's in it. It's DOT rated. It's just a rock. Yeah, just a rock behind just a truck. Just a rock off a truck. Yeah, yeah. DOT doesn't test for that. They don't care. Snell tests for that. Interesting. It's scary. Yeah. So anyway, we hope they make some changes there, right? And it's just one of those things. Like, if you're gonna save money. Don't do it on safety. Like, don't do it on your helmet. Don't try to sit, get the no. cheapest helmet you can get. No, that's that should be rule number one. But it's, that's across it's, the it's board. Rule, it's rule Whether number ten. Whether you're on a motorcycle or, or a car oh, or anything, Absolutely. that should be your first priority. Never is. Yep. Flip, flip I, I'm guilty of that as much as anybody oh, else. Yeah. But we didn't talk about it, Robbie. We all we all got those race quip. Yeah, race quip. SFI rated harnesses, yep. and they're not yep. even that expensive. No, they're eighty bucks a piece, and they're SFI sixteen point one rated. Yep. And the, and they'll re, those. and then every two years you can send them in and they'll restring them and recertify them and you get a brand new harness. I don't so, know what it costs, but my you know my thing about safety gear is that get the stuff that's rated. Just educate yourself on why it's rated and what for. Well, make sure that rating means something, right? Because clearly, yeah, based on this story, just because it has a rating doesn't mean it means well, anything. Read the SFI rules because I've read them. I've read a lot of rules this year. <laughs> read the SFI rules. Understand what what it actually means and what's required because like they have to go through some insane amount of pressure testing on those harnesses. Yes. It's a it's a G or PSI number that is hard to fathom. And that's why the, you know, and they have to be 3 inches thick and blah, blah blah whatever else. So, you know, understand that stuff, understand what you're buying, why you buy stuff that is rated SFI versus eBay and not rated and, you know, where FIA comes in and all that and then make an educated guess and you can buy things inexpensively that meet certain standards, you know. Right. You don't need the Takata whatever harnesses, you know, whether or not they're any good or not, right. I don't know. But well, that was one thing, too. I was, I was kind of like, well, do I want to go with FIA rated or do I want to go with SFI rated? And then yeah. I went, I read through the whole thing, and, I mean, really there's not much big difference. It just means FIA means you could race internationally. Yeah. They're kind of the same. But if they're rated for drag racing, they're probably going to be okay. 
because those but guys not do crazy that, shit. But that is not the case for cages. It apparently is not <laughs> the case for cages, and I think at some point I'll do a video about that because yeah, some of those cage rules are. In my, in my auto power video, I linked the Speed Hunters uh, article. Oh, about roll cages, that, yeah. That talks about the differences, and it's yeah. pretty educational. I read, I've read through that a couple of times. That's yeah. a good one. But I guess one of the things that they pointed out in the, the helmet article is that the skull fractures at an impact of 400G. The DOTs are only rated at like 300G. Mm. So, I mean, that, to me, that's... Short of where it should be. Yeah, that's failing on a snell rating. I don't. It sounds like a huge number, but I don't think it's that hard take, to get. Ta- there. Yeah, taking a three hundred G shot to the head. I don't think it's that walking, hard to get. You're not waking away. Yeah, you're, you're gonna feel like because that sounds like three hundred G. I'll that'll never happen. What am I doing? Ninety miles an hour into a concrete wall? Like I bet it's a lot less than that. I, I've, <laughs> done, I've, I've done sixty to a, to a uh, gravel ground. Yeah, don't. It's not fun. I wouldn't right. recommend it. Nope. Concussions are no joke. No. Neither is death. Word. Up next, uh, quickly, the show got a little long for not having any topics. Imagine that. <laughs> weird. weird. Uh, first time racer takes pole and nearly wins the opening, his opening IndyCar race. This is kind of cool. Yeah. It was a good story, I thought. Yeah. Other than, exciting uh, race. Alexander Rossi being a dick. That's kind of what it boils down yeah. to. Yeah, he definitely I mean, over, overshot that. Uh, I mean, his, uh, his look at it was a little different, but... It seemed to me like it was a not fair move. No, I think he was forcing his way into that corner and then lost control and then slid into him. And then what was his name? Uh, Robert Wickens. Wickens. Robert Wickens. It went from, what, did he even finish? I don't think so. I don't think so so either. So real short version of the story. It was a restart. Two laps to go. Two laps to go. He'd pulled. He'd been in the lead, I think, basically the whole race, right? He was Yeah, off and on. There's... They went back and forth a few times. Alexander Rossi tried to take him on the inside by breaking late and kind of slammed into him. And if you're watching the YouTube video, Robbie's got a gif pulled up of it happening. And I've watched it, it a couple times. And yeah, this is this is a bad angle, but if they show it from a different angle, his back end kicks out and he slides. Rossi slides into Wickens. Not cool, bro. That's, that's a no. sucky way to end your first race, too, is to be like clearly the guy that's going to win yeah, dude, it. You've like, been showing if, your... If I get passed and it was honest and I end up second, third... Whatever. I took pole, and I podiumed in my first IndyCar race. That's an accomplishment. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I'm going places, man. I hope this dude but cleans get, up. Yeah, to get crashed out. I hope he wins this. Yeah, year. I, I hope, hope he fucking cleans champion. everybody's clocks. So. Anyway. Uh, the rookies kind of dominated this. They really did. This I, race. I, I, it's like the veterans are having a hard time adjusting to the new uh, arrow. To the new car. Yeah. So there was, like, a decent chunk of the top... Was it uh, three of the top five rookies? Uh, qualifying times hmm. were rookies. Fresh out of the box. That's interesting. Which is kind of cool. I think that's good. It's exciting. Mixing it up. I like mixing it up. Yeah, I, I think that that will make an interesting dynamic for the year for Indy. Because usually a rookie's a rookie, and you're not... I mean, you get one or two here and there that are kind of sensations, but right. you sure as hell don't get a whole field of them that are... <laughs> Putting it to the to the old guys, right. you know, it's kind of interesting. So might be fun to watch this year. Could be, yeah. probably won't, good. but it could nah, be probably interesting. Won't watch it <laughs> probably won't watch, watch it when they come here, <laughs> even when they're in town. On the, eh, whatever. So is that it? That's all I got this week. Ten cents podcast dot com. Follow us on Instagram. Join the group, please. Follow the page. All that good stuff. YouTube. 
YouTube for sure. Yeah, yeah, there's there's Facebook. extra content. If you guys are looking for extra content, it is definitely on YouTube. And then, of course, the in-studio format, if you guys have joined us since we made that changeover, that is available on YouTube as well. It's a video. And Ready. next week, assuming he doesn't cancel, the only time I've probably predicted what we're going to do next week because it's, it's Mr. Adam Jabay. But uh, Jabay will be on. We're going to talk about entry-level motorsports, more time attack level. Grid life. Grid life. Um, what he's been working Good life on. Life has a a brand new way of doing their instruction stuff for the for the HPD, the novices. Yep. So he can talk about why they made that change and how it's going to affect the season. We wanted to talk to him about like what is a what is an instructor looking for to advance me along my path towards getting a license and stuff like that. So we're going to talk to him about that stuff. It's basically Robbie asking all the questions he would normally <laughs> ask, you know, like in an email. Yeah, just, yeah, just him and me in and a him formal in email. Right. Or in person when he saw him there. But since we have a podcast, we can just ask him and then send it, send it to people via iTunes. It's really yeah, handy. And it makes it look like we're... It's a legitimate thing, right? It makes it's it look bullshit. like we're here to help you. No, it's bullshit. In it's, reality, Robbie just needs it's some It's Robbie answers. being selfish. That's all it is. Admittedly, I, I came honestly, up with the yeah, with so the I don't plan, think I have any questions fine. he has already answered, but we'll go there. That's, that's fine. fine. It still needs it's all to happen. Good. I think the story be good is funnier. for a lot of people. The story is funnier if Robbie's being a dick and he's just wasting This is him. all about me, there motherfucker. Fixed it. Better? You're not here to tell me no. Yeah. Nobody can fucking stop me now. So anyway, we're happy to have Mr. Bay back on again. Can't wait. Anyway, we'll catch you guys next week.